You're listening to the New Utah Podcast with your hosts, Bree. People can say my name and I still don't pay attention. Chris. This is what happens when your number one health concern in the state is porn. Jeremy. Flicks it and then walks out and just kicks the living crap out of whoever. And Julia. This week on Julia does everything that's embarrassing. Well, it's episode 317. That is a prime number, Jeremy. This is going to be a prime episode. It's a prime number. I think damn near every number with a seven is prime. I'm going to actually look it up. I'm going <laughs> to, I don't know if I'm going to look it. Is 317 a prime number? So with the magic of. Yes, it is. I'm right. <laughs> with the magic of podcasting, what y'all don't know is we had a really busy couple weeks ago and we did a whole bunch of it. So it's been almost a week and a half. Yeah. Two, since weeks. we've, two weeks, something like that. So. You don't know. You don't know. You don't care that we we always put ours out every Wednesday. Every Wednesday, new show. Except for you know last Wednesday when you forgot for a second. No, it was still out. Yes, <laughs> I didn't post it on Facebook, but the episode was out, and if you're subscribed, you got it yeah. right away. If you're not subscribed and somehow managed to fumble upon one of our social media posts, and that's how you get, get like the episode. Four views on our Facebook. Yeah, we don't anyway. <laughs> Facebook's just not great for advertising stuff like that. No, Facebook's not great for much anymore. But it was just funny because I was like, uh, did she do the podcast? Because I send the link to our guests. So the thing is, subscribe. Then no matter what happens on our end, you yeah. guys will have it as soon as you wake up on yeah. uh, Wednesday morning. Because we share the duties. I do Twitter. Julia does the Instas and I'd, Chris does Facebook. So. And then I take the link and send it to our guest. So depending on our schedule it may be up first thing in the morning it may be well, usually chris is pretty good about it he usually had a busy week. well and also that was a pre-recorded episode yeah. and the pre-recorded episodes because it's not the night before i forget because mm-hmm. they're set to release at the right time um and i had edited it like a week before and um so anyway but well, that was a good episode with Candace. we're live Candace pew pew to it be was. fair we were live on 316 when we recorded it but that was not when we <laughs> But anyway, we typically we typically record the day before we release them. Right. That's how you know it's raw and how you know Chris is dedicated because <laughs> I edit that shit that night. Um, like as we're leaving, he's editing. To be fair, the reason to be fair, to be fair, I've been rewatching Letterkenny during the day. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, to be fair. Uh, but but to be fair, the the reason I do that is. If I wait even a day, I have to listen to the episode and oh my God, listening to us talk for an hour and a half. After you were part of the After I, yeah, participated, it is excruciating (laughs) to be like, where do I have to go fix stuff? You just have like a groundhog day moment. It's like, I just did this. The, the worst have been the editing wise. This is okay. Here's the real secret behind why we don't do best of. They're so hard to edit. They take so much time to put together. Like, it's way more work than just recording an ep- extra episode. <laughs> well, we like, learned, by way, I mean you, learned the hard way at the beginning when we did the Halloween Expo and had like 30 hours of content. I still really enjoyed that episode. And that's one yeah. of our most downloaded episodes of all time is the episode where we did that. Um, but we had so many we people. Did. So many people. It was a lot of fun. It was fun. I would do it again. Oh, I would too. I would love to set up a booth and just talk to people all day at a convention like Anime Bonsai. So yeah, that would be fun. Um, like Anime Bonsai when we recorded in front of a full house. Wonder, is Anime Bonsai happening again? I'm curious because it happened. Sure it is. So we were fall. Yeah, right? it was. But we I think some, no, didn't it already happen? I don't know. That's why I'm asking I you. It, I do think it's fall time, but yeah, it's always in the fall. Oh. 
Let me, I'm just going to look it up. So yeah. you guys just fill the air with stories. So while he's looking that up, Julie, why don't you give us an update on the West Fest? It was shit. For, fourth <laughs> it West was Fest? so, Wait. like, there was a ton of traffic, though, because Cassie flew in Friday night so that she could leave here and go camping. She was going to go to Yellowstone. They went mm-hmm. to the Tetons instead. <laughs> but we went around it because as we were approaching it, we could see all the traffic. And Chris is like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, yeah, West Fest. So we drove by on uh, Mountain View Corridor. I was like, hey, Julia. I waved to you. <laughs> I might not have even you been are. there. I left 10 hours early the last day. It was tur- that bad. Will you turn me down a smidge? That's too loud on my key. Your, your so ears. They decided they it was under new management, so it was a brand new person who'd never run it before, and they decided to put all the vendors half a mile away from the actual carnival, like on complete other side of the past the parking lots, past the rec so center. So no one went down. So there? the only people who were down there were the people who had to do their dance tournament. And then the people had no choice but to park that down the sucks. street. So nobody got any they, business. They're going to have some really horrible feedback following Oh, that. yeah, no, I told them I'm never doing it again. Like, the first day we were in the negative. Yeah. It was yeah, that bad. that's not good. That's really bad to I set was, your vendors I was, up like I was counting on at least two or $3,000. Well, because your vendors are a big part of the money that goes into being able to produce uh, yep. something like that. So My poor next-door neighbor tent, they invested in a food truck just for this event. Because last year, they only had like five or six, and there were lines going out the park of people wanting food, and now they had so many, nobody was selling anything. Well, yeah, that's, there's, there, it was just, it was, it was bad. It was awful. Everyone was giving up. Like, no one even showed up the last day. Well, that's the thing when you're talking about city events, it's people within the city, like Parks and Rec Department or city planners, like someone gets assigned it and, Oftentimes they don't know what the fuck they're doing yeah. because they're they're just I had appointed to officials. Beg them. I had to beg them to get a setup time, any information. Yeah. They were just kept saying, We'll give it to you the night before. We'll give it everything to you the night before. And I'm like, I have staff I gotta get out there. And the I, night before, ten o'clock at night, I haven't gotten anything. I, so I, I messaged to get one word answers. I will say on the food truck thing, there's a reason that companies like Food Truck League exist because people who just try to book their own events really fuck over vendors uh and and if you hire a a good booking service they're gonna give you not only quality service and quality vendors but the vendors will be happy and want to come back and that's just right uh, it's a failure sometimes like you know how many people do you expect well a hundred thousand a day okay so bad they didn't even have water stations for we had the paramedics in my tent twice because we all got heat strokes. Wow. <laughs> like I had to go home because the paramedics wouldn't let me stay out the first night. Because you didn't. The second day, you didn't bring enough water for yourself. We all ran out because they were planning on a it water was station. Ninety degrees. Well, and then the wind. Yeah, it was a real. The wind, the wind was awful. Friday night didn't blow over your. It stuff. blew over all of my crystals onto the ground because my people didn't put it away like they said they did. But, but that's another story. But yeah, so the second day, a different reader. They didn't check the, with the paramedics, but they were not looking good. So I, recovering from the night before, just suck it up, get dressed, and drive over for the last few hours so that they could leave, and I'm feeling miserable. And then the last day, the person who'd been there all three days had to get checked out by the paramedics, like, mom, drive them home, kind of bad. And the only one giving out any sort of beverages were the paramedics giving out Gatorades I, when you needed it. I am disappointed I didn't go because I love carny rides, but... Um, we wouldn't go. know. We weren't by them. I know, I know you weren't. I wouldn't have gone to we see you. We could see the 
<laughs> we could see the little. I don't think you understand. It's okay. I, we could see the water park. We couldn't even hardly see Ta- the carnival. By the way, Taylorsville Days is this weekend. They will probably also have carny stuff. Yeah, but they'll probably have it better organized. Yeah, because they've been doing it for. I mean, yeah. West Fest has been doing it for a long I, time. I too. guess That's what's, West Fest is hit or miss. Well, but yeah. I no. mean, you, you have a you have a new year, right? So. I'm just mad that I chose to not do the uh, the witches bazaar for that. Well, okay, so West Fest was uh, West Fest was a, a bust. Kind of for, a bust, yeah. For vendors, if we had sound effects, we would do the wah wah. Well, there were a lot of fucking people there. To be clear, there were a lot of people just there. Not but, where we were, and, just... and we know that because, like Bree said, um, Friday night. So Cassie, um, our oldest, was in town for a brief moment on her way to. It's funny because she's been planning a trip to Yellowstone and Teton. And then Yellowstone like got washed <laughs> yeah. away. So she was saying something about it and she's like, yeah, and I fly in and I'm like, so you're going to fly into Salt Lake? She's like, yeah, did, I do it all the time. I don't think we talked about that because we had pre-recorded. I don't That's think we true. talked we about, Yellowstone, about Yellowstone, washing away. which doesn't necessarily affect us. The downside is it feeds into the Columbia River system, which goes into Oregon. But it would Colorado. be helpful if it went to the Colorado because we need water. Unprecedented flooding in Yellowstone, like things that have not happened since like, like the 60s, I think. trapped and roads completely washed well they're going to have to completely reroute roads because the river has completely changed course as a result of these floods so they shut the entire park down like every entrance was closed uh, because the i mean the roads were literally just washing away um and so yeah so cassie was supposed to be here um like 9 30 got in at about a midnight um it well, because of the winds. So the, the winds, winds that were happening, oh, they yeah. were delaying Crazy everything. Winds. So that's how we knew. Like, we went out to go get her and we could see it like nothing but because we, we live right off we of came up over the We came up over the hill. The crest of the hill. And, and Chris was like, what is going on? Can you see the I'm cars? Like, oh, yeah. West Fest. And all you could <laughs> see was, I'm like, I'm so glad we're heading the opposite direction of all those people. I'm like, in fact, let's get the fuck off 5600 West and go over to Mountain View because I don't want to be around that but stuff. But we turned like... Right by McDonald's. That's, On 35th. Yeah. And it, like, there were so many cars. And I was kind of assuming it was vendors. But now after Julia's story, I'm thinking that people were hungry no, and had no people. idea that there were food trucks at West Fest. And so they were all lined up it at It took McDonald's. me like half an hour to find a parking space when I came late. But then there was nobody in our spot. I was so just I got, walking past it. So I did get to see my daughter for Father's Day. One yeah. of them. The other one didn't even do shit. She said happy Father's Day. She sent me some texts, but she didn't come see me. She doesn't. Well, because she spent it with her dad, her bio dad. It's true. She did spend it with her And her grandpa. With her real dad. Uh, I don't like that. I mean, they never said that to me. Not once. That's how I know I did a good job of not trying to replace Don, um, but just be a good um, step. In fact, they don't even call him Chris mostly. They call him Birch. Yeah, that's true. Birch. That's true. Like a coach. <laughs> um, he kind of is. Like, he's the one that coached him through coach. their math. He's the one that coached him through, like, signing up for college. He's the one that coached him through each time they needed to buy a car. He's just their life coach. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Also, Brie passed her test. I did. The one Yay. that she's always worried about. But she so, two more, over. two more tests. I can't wait for those tests. <laughs> Supposedly, this is the hardest one that she just passed. That's what she's been told by everyone that had anything to do with it, that this course that she just passed. So two more like for the year or two more like forever? No. So they only do a certain amount a year. And the other two topics that they're doing here in Utah are topic uh, the two topics I've already taken. I mean, it was a three-day course. Yeah. Well, it's it's two days of yeah, two days studying the and test. then the day of the test. Um so I actually was looking into going to, up to Colorado because I was like, well, I could make a weekend of it. I could go for two days 
uh, work would pay for the pay for the time that I'm there. There wouldn't be, and then I could take one day of vacation on Friday and spend the weekend with Cassie. But the one class that I haven't taken is on our Bear Lake trip, so I couldn't do that. Uh, um, but next year they haven't posted 2023. But next year we'll see what classes she they can, offer. Hopefully, she'll be able to finish it. Next if year. they can, if if they can offer a couple of classes that I haven't taken, and I pass them both. Then I'll get it in four years and they give you five. So you can basically take and fail a test so that every year. So you like their intention is and she'll have another like 12 letters after her name. Just it's just three. Yeah. Getting those insurance. I have four designations. now yeah. and then that this this one is three. So my father's day was pretty good. Bree did some yard work. I cleaned the house. Nice. He made a request for specific yard work, and I was like, that's not what I was planning to do. And so... I cleaned the house because I felt bad because she did it. I did it because uh, that's what he wanted. So. And uh, I made uh, kimchi fried rice and bagoli oh, beef. Gosh, it was really good. That kimchi fried rice. It sounds good. So good. That was my father's day. It was pretty so My father's day. So first of all, today starts out and Julia sends a text that she got a message from her ring at at her new shop that there was uh like somebody being chased by a cop and like somebody trying to break into a house and things like that but it was all guys and i had said well it is father's day and julia said maybe there was it you that said yeah i said maybe they're salty because their kids forgot to get them something <laughs> and then maya pipes in your gift's gonna be here in a day or two <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Which it did show up today. But anyway, um, actually, we've, we've been looking for a replacement for Ebo who died over a year ago. It's not a replacement. Yeah, what the hell, Stop man? calling hey. it a replacement. Wanted to fill the void. It's, there you it's, go. Fill the void. It's a new friend. Fill the chunky Ebo-sized void. A new friend. We've actually fill the two at, Fill the two-dog void that you only had one dog filling. We've, we've looked at quite a few, but we wanted something that was going to be the right fit for our the current dog. Plus you like a Chewini. Rocky. And we, yeah, we, I mean, so Chewini or a Dotson or any... You like dogs that don't live long and have serious back he likes issues. He likes hot dog dogs with short legs. I like wieners. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to say it, but... every No, I, I've been, I'd been sending links to Dad for months Secretly, and I'd message people and I'd honestly, call shelters and... <laughs> Heather loves a wiener too, so so, so we finally found we finally found a dog. Uh, they they came to us. We, we tried to work with them. They're from Tooele, though. We tried to set up a couple of different dates the last week or so, but they were coming here for Father's Day, so they they brought uh, General Obi Wan Kenobi to us. Kenobi. He goes he by baby. Kenobi, but Obi Wan Kenobi is his name, but he goes by Kenobi. He has also. one ball, so he's Obi Wan. Obi Wan Ball Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, he has neither balls connected, though. They won't be much longer. He's gonna, they're gonna get oh, they're still off. connected. So he's not actually neutered. He's little, ten, ten months old. He's baby. Oh, he's I thought he baby. was older. No, okay. he's baby. No, ten months old, and they they already have it scheduled. So we can either take the schedule. By the way, ten months old—that's way past when late, it should have yeah. happened. Yeah, that shit should have happened when they were like two months old. So so it's lined up. So I'm still just debating whether I'm just gonna have my vet do it or or what they already had lined up, but that's not here nor there. So he is a combination. He's a Chewini, but he looks a lot like Chopper because he's got that kind of long hair and he's yeah. got like, the, a, long, he's like a, a long, like a long hair. hair. 
Yeah, so they're, they're there are the, long-haired the Dotsons. Long-haired Dotson and a short-haired Chihuahua combined. Yeah, so the mom was a long-haired Dotson and then the Chihuahua. But to be fair, I don't get the Chihuini. I don't get the Chihuahua face out of it. It look he looks from the pictures. He looks much more like just a he, long hair. Dotson. Yeah, he has more of a wiener dog face and more of like a Chihuahua body. So he's not quite as long. That's hard to say. I don't know. We'll see. He's ten months. He's not going to get much bigger. Yeah. No, so, yeah. And so he's. We're, we're he definitely really does not looks have a Chewini. Tail, but. Yeah. So he's he's a tiny bit bigger than Rocky, but he's not as big as Chopper. And he's definitely not. What Chopper's smaller than Rocky, dude. Chopper's less than ten pounds. Well, I'm talking overall length, though. I'm well, talking also Chopper's yeah, a lot shorter Kenobi than Rocky. Kenobi has a really long, fluffy tail. I don't That's know true. that Chopper's shorter than Rocky, but I think Chopper's the same. Yeah. So Chopper's legs. taller, but but his legs are longer, so you might think maybe that's that he why because he's got real legs. Because <laughs> he doesn't have one. His legs stuff. are actually but like proportioned to his to be body. Fair, Rocky does have longer legs than like Ebo had the shortest ass legs. That dog yeah, was like a he was like, he was standing yeah. he and was his like, wiener would drag on yeah, the ground. He was like his belly was like a half an inch off the ground. Yeah, because Ebo was purebred. Well, purebred fat, pure dog. stupid. Purebred overfed. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's no. your guys' fault, by the way, Julia. All you damn kids. What? No, he was on. obese when we got him. He was, he was raised. When we got he him. was raised and by a special him, needs guy. Then you just let him eat fucking chickens all day. And then he lost. <laughs> then he, he lost a lot, a lot of, of weight. But yeah, Julia's Julia's our undoer. Any rules the animals have, Julia undoes. Undoes, undoes them. Undoes, undoes them. Because the they're cute and they want snacks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and then you so, end up uh, with barrel-chested forty-pound dachshunds. <laughs> yeah, he was only thirty, but yeah, fucking <laughs> thirty pounds. That's it. He's that, thirty that, pounds. Ebo was. Ebo. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I would forget because, like, Chopper literally lays weighs less than ten, so I can like I can lean off the side of the bed and lean over and pick Chopper up, that and Chris Ebo. can like balance me with like a foot sometimes yeah. but sometimes i don't you even could do that. that with rocky but too, i would but... go to grab ebo and i would forget how chunky he was and i'd be like oh yeah oh. no he's a two-hand dog yeah. well and towards the end when i had to carry him up and down the deck every single time well, he was teeny tiny by the time Patrick's we put him before down you built but... the ramp then we built the ramp well and then we tore it out put in the patio but anyway so yeah we'll have to we'll have to bring him over one of these days here soon to Rocky's been weird. Uh, he's, yeah, been, he's just a dog. I mean, that's just well, what's been he, happen. Overall, they've been fine. However, Rocky's been the only dog for a year, and Rocky's always... Rocky was always dominant with Ebo, too. And and General Kenobi's not having any of that. That's because so. General Kenobi's still got his balls. Yeah. <laughs> right? His, I think he's ball. jealous that, of his ball. No, that that is seriously a no, thing. No, that is true. Because he has his balls, and he has the extra testosterone that Rocky doesn't have. Yep. Rocky is... He is a more dominant dog. Like when Ebo and Rocky were over here and Phoebe and Rocky would try to play or Phoebe and Ebo would try to play, Rocky was a dick because he was trying to be dominant. And, yeah. And every time there was another dog around, he would try and hump freaking Ebo all yep. the time. Just a, and that's so, just a dominance yeah. thing. No, now he hum- now uh, the puppy humps Jonathan. Yeah. Because he's, got, because his he's got his balls. So, yeah. So because, he's- you know what? If, if, if the world were just, you know, a little less... Uh, I don't know, gentrified than it is. <laughs> men would just walk around humping things too. Yeah, one hundred percent. Just regular, you know, human men. <laughs> That's he's testosterone. A, he's a super man. calm puppy, though. Like he doesn't. He's a kettle like, bug. Awesome. He wants to be held. He just wants to sit in your lap. That's great. He forgot who I was. I am the reason he is here <laughs> in our family. And he liked me the first day, and then I went home and came back the next day, and now I'm a total stranger to him. Nah, he he smells likes, different. He likes Jonathan. He's, don't worry, you're over at the house. He all changed the his. Time. He changed his favorites like three times the day we got him. At first, it was mom. 
And then it was me for a minute, and then by the end of the day, it was Jonathan. So, yeah. But it's so it cute. Just like, like, he, he just runs around, and then Jonathan sits down. He just, this dog can jump. He just boing. Like, he overshoots well, and hits the back of the couch. And Rocky was that way when we got him, but he's getting close to five years old. And you forget, especially when you're around mm-hmm. a dog all the time, that... I mean, he's not an old dog, but he doesn't have that puppy energy. Yeah. And you bring in a, uh, well, it's like, it's like with Chopper. Chopper's 14 fucking years old. Like, he's ancient. He looks like a puppy that wants to play, but he gets and excited. And he'll try, and then he's like, oh, and he, then he can't. He and then coughs, he throws up on the floor. And, and like, you know, you forget that he's, he's 14 years yeah. old. Like, he's not, because he doesn't. He's still because just the kind of dog he's just he is. Cute and small. He like doesn't baby. look old. He just and looks he like a still cute puppy. does like get excited. And so when he gets really excited, and then you're like, oh, he's excited, and then he's like, oh, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> All it's, right, time to go take a nap. It's funny though because it, it, seeing the progression with our animals, uh, when we first got Ebo, we had old Ico, and Ebo was way too much for Ico. Mm-hmm. And then Ebo got older. We got Rocky. Rocky was way too much. And now. Uh, to be fair, Rocky and Ebo did not take them long to become the closest damn dogs ever. Oh, yeah. Those dogs loved each other They're and slept so on top of each other. And They uh, were gay. They sucked each other's dicks all the time. There's a dog thing. <laughs> they did, though. True, they liked each other all the time. So, I'm, you know, you never know, but I'm, I'm hoping that, that these they, two they very much loved each other. To these death, two so. can get to be good friends, too. So, anyway, that was my that was my philosophy. That and I got a flagpole. <laughs> Which I've actually wanted. Did you where, get a flag? Where are you yes. And put I it? gave you a whiskey kit for your whiskey yeah. nights. Where are you going to put it? Where the where my one is right now with the PVC pipe. Oh, the little one. It's a real one. So same spot. Cemented just, one and everything. Just a real. Flag you should pole. just put it right in the middle of the driveway. Nice, nice. <laughs> I want to get like a big twenty foot one and put it in the middle of the yard, just to piss off my neighbors. I don't <laughs> think any of them will care. Um, I did want to talk about a couple of events. So I went to the, the, the Chinese supermarket on 33rd and state and saw the flyer for the Asian, the Utah Asian festival. Um, it is coming up. It's uh July 9th at the Utah state fairgrounds. Um, I, it's the 45th anniversary. They've been doing this thing yeah. for 45 years wow. since. So in 77, um, they right. formed the, the, like Utah Asian coalition or something like that. And then 78 was the first year they did the Utah Asian festival. It is free to attend. Parking is $5. Um, or you can take transit or whatever down there. Um, but, uh, it's, did you say transit? I said transit. It sounds like, like you said. I like trains it. it. Me too. Fun. But uh, it's it's free to attend. I I really encourage anyone to go. They'll have tons of food, lots of vendors. It's a it's a like it's the point of the Asian festival is to bring all the various Asian cultures in Utah together. So whether it's Filipino or Chinese or Japanese or Korean or Southeast Asian or Southeast Do you think Asian, have is like some Indian stuff there. Uh, I mean, no. I mean, India China? is part of Asia. Yeah, India is part of Southeast Asia, but I don't know that India is some, is, I, I is what it's meant for. It, I, I think you see more like Thai, okay. you know, Laotian, the Southeast Asia that's not India. Basically, okay. everything <laughs> but India is. I, so it, that's why I asked specifically. I but technically, curious. India is in Southeast Asia. But I forget. I feel like well, India is its own thing. I guess it's not really it's Southeast. So big. It's, yeah. it's, but it is part of Asia. India is it so. kind of is its own thing. But well, I mean, when you have a fifth of the world's population, exactly. people talk about how big China is, and they forget that India is as fucking big as China. Like, I think they're. Right now, I wonder what they're quieter. Uh, they're not. They're not always involved in things like China. Well, is. Oh, India. Yeah. Um, they they just had a bunch of riots. This 
this. I know this because uh, um, they uh, had a bunch of riots. There's some bad juju when it comes to like Muslims uh, in India. They like the current administration really hates Muslims and they're pretty open about it. And there's a lot of Muslims in India, especially in like northwestern India, because it's right on the border of like Pakistan <laughs> and Afghanistan. Uh, and so anyway, there's been a bunch of riots. Um we think of totalitarian governments like China and Russia, but in India they do similar shit. Like when riots start, they just fucking shut the internet off of several provinces in India. They're like, all right, well, you guys can't fucking have internet for three days. <laughs> they literally <laughs> just put them in time out. Grounded. No, they really did. I mean, you think about it. They, they literally shut the internet off for um, a bunch of the northern provinces for three days. They, they shut it off until it just came back on yesterday, uh, which is. I mean, it's wild to think of a government actually doing that. But India has 1.38 billion and China has 1.40 billion. So when I say they're the same size, they're the same fucking size. They're both unbelievably big from a population standpoint. So they're both giants um, uh, in their own right. So anyway, that's like a whole thing. So anyway, I don't know that the Indians participate in that. Um, But I've been to the Asian Festival um, several times. I absolutely love it. Just a heads up. He's going to say the Asian market like a hundred times this episode. What? <laughs> no. This is me from the future. No, I don't say it that often. And <laughs> it is, a lot. it's the Chinese, Count su- it. it's a Chinese supermarket, not the Asian market. Count it. Um, <laughs> it's also the Chinese supermarkets. Fantastic. He's there's adding so to the count right now. <laughs> there's so much good food there. Um, Man, there's so much good food. Oh, we should have gotten boba while we were there. No. I'm you also to... talked about the boba. <laughs> not on the air. I talked about the boba. Air, yeah, though. I was looking at you, but. Not on the air, though. That's true. That's true. So no one's going to hear that and they're going to be like, what the fuck was Julia talking about at I'm the end of the I'm still pretty show? sure you mentioned it a few times. Um, okay. And then one other thing, uh, Anime Bonsai, because we were talking about oh, yeah. it. Um, I did look it up. It's October 14th through the 16th. Uh, in, in whatever, we'll talk about it later, but I love anime bonsai. Maybe we, maybe, maybe we, we make that our October activity. Activity, just a I thought. might go. I, I love anime bonsai. It's so much fun. Um, so yeah, um, we'll get to our guest. All right. This week we are joined by, uh, Taylor Harris and Elliot, uh, Elliot, I don't know how to say your last name, man. Steinley. Steinley. I see it on the paper and I'm like, <laughs> it's German. It's know. fine. That's a good name. Steinley. Steinley. I'm going to say it like three times. I'll still, I'm not going to say it again. Though. I would have I slaughtered it. That, so <laughs> usually I ask and I'm like, no, I know Elliot and Taylor. Like I don't need to ask about, well, <laughs> about what's the like, last, last name? I know Taylor's last name. It's easy. It's <laughs> It's Harris. Harris. So we have friends and they who are married that they didn't they didn't you know change last name. So her name is Harris and his name is um, Butterfield. Butterfield. So I call him the Harry Butts. Yeah, that's <laughs> fantastic. Uh, so Taylor is the owner and Elliot is the general manager of the Food Truck League, who we've talked about many. Well, we times. were just talking about a second ago. Yeah, when we started the intro, we were talking because about Julia was actually. at West Fest and somebody had a food well, before truck. Before we say that, did you guys do the West Fest event? I think so. Did you? I lose track. That's a great question. Because <laughs> it was a train wreck. That's so a great question. It was crappy. That's not a general question, so <laughs> I'll have to check with someone about that. I, I don't know if you guys did it or not. There were Julia said there were way too many trucks for the event, and that's not always on and, these guys. Then it wasn't us. I'm if there was something was, wrong with it. It was bad <laughs> enough that I packed up my tent 10 hours early. Which trucks were there? I don't know. They put the trucks 
way far away and they put the vendors a mile away from the like like probably well, a half not, mile away from the carnival. If, they did not plan it well. If we did West we do Valley a lot with West Valley, but yeah. West Fest is sometimes the city runs their festival. Oh, that's yeah. their city event? That's their yeah. city event. Yeah. Yeah. No, we didn't do that. Yeah. Okay, good. But Consider we love West Valley. Lucky. Sorry, West Valley. No, we do I whoever did the event, we were just talking about it. They did a terrible job. They put all the vendors that pay to be there way far away from all the people so none the of them only had people who came through were the people who had to park at the school down the street and because the last time they did it they had a big shortage on food they had way too many food trucks which meant um. sadly for the trucks and i was saying this is why you hire a group like food truck league to actually do these events for you because they look at how many people how much are they going to spend like they look at those numbers and go we need this many trucks so that the trucks do well and are happy and the people get the food without well, waiting for hours or and so it's not 12 taco trucks right <laughs> yes <one. laughs> although that might work in west valley true <laughs> but still but that's the problem is when when you go to an event and it's 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 too lopsided seven coffee trucks and no food or you know what i mean something like that and it's like we what? specialize in a niche that allows us to do that and like we should make it our motto we make smaller mistakes than everyone else <laughs> <laughs> that's a good that's a good motto. Um I want to take a step back though. We'll we'll get into the food truck league uh pretty heavily, but we we have to ask both of you first. What month were you born I in? I hate that you just asked month because then later you ask when in the month. Yeah, so you might okay. as well just say what date. Like you don't have to yeah. give year if you don't want what's to. What's your birthday? But, yeah, what's your birthday? I was born August twelfth, nineteen eighty five. So November Well we don't need the full year, but that's good to know. <laughs> so November in November time, just before My social is <laughs> <laughs> My kids' social. Beep. My children go to the school. Please take them. That's the kind of thing before we start, and I say, if you don't want us to include it, just go ahead and let me know. I'll mark it and take it out. That's the kind but of thing. We don't really take, take it, it out. out. What we usually do is record something really funny over the top of it. Uh, or so, sell it on the black market. So right? August 12th, and then what, what was yours? July 6th. July Oh, you guys are both. Yours is coming up here, Elliot. Mm-hmm. Some is October. First part of October, your parents were doing something fun. Halloween party or something? No, that's Taylor's closer to a Halloween so party. I have, I have I've listened to this and I know where you guys are going with it. Um, so you've I thought have, about your parents. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I've thought about it. it every day in the car for the last month. No. <laughs> um, uh, so I have five older siblings. So they weren't doing anything ah. uh, fun. It they was were, an accident. They were. Was, they rolled over they and happened to connect, and they were like, "Dang it!" I just had two seconds alone. It was I have Wednesday. Younger siblings too. <laughs> it was Wednesday. So yeah, it was a Dugger thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, it's, 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 it's Thursday night. <laughs> I still got my socks on. It's Thursday night. No, that's not the Business song. Business socks? Why the Concords? Yeah. It doesn't sound like that at all. No. The only reason I'm talking about that, right? Chris walks around singing that song all the time. Especially song. when I have my black socks on and nothing else. Because <laughs> I do that sometimes in the evening. What night is it on the song? Why would you wear only socks? Business, business socks. Because it's Cause, business cause it's time. Business time. Yeah. It's a seduction call. Have you not heard? Your, your mom loves Flight of the Concords. You haven't heard this song? Okay, next. Next time you see your mom, tell her you need to hear business time because I bet it's you she knows that she'll laugh and she'll play. Okay? And don't listen to your dad because that's not what it sounds like. Dad can't sing, so he can't <laughs> carry a tune. He whistles better than he can sing. Still business time. <laughs> so and so, your parents maybe Halloween party could be in the eighties. Yeah. I mean that's that's for sure when I was conceived is right around that Halloween time, so. time in the eighties. I'm right between you two. July nineteenth. Back when so. cocaine was still the thing. I mean, I don't know if my... Uh, when, did, when did that change? I don't know if my then 19-year-old mother was uh, doing cocaine. 
She's drinking, though. Yeah, um, definitely drinking. <laughs> you know, I found out, I don't know, did I have I said this on the podcast? I only found out like a year ago, maybe, that I was an, I was totally an accident. No, it's more than a year ago. Yeah, well, I was totally an accident. My it parents was before COVID. My parents never said anything about the fact that they got married six months into my mom's pregnancy. Oh. Like, they got married in May. I was born in July. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's seven months. Holy shit. That's a real shotgun wedding. I had no idea until, like, two years ago when I was doing uh, genealogy work to see, you know, where I'm from. And, like, because my mom's like, oh, yeah, your great-great-grandma was, like, full-blooded Cherokee. I don't have any native blood in my bloodline at all. I trace I my history back all the way back to, like, Revolutionary War days before people are, are even coming into the Americas. So I'm like... I'm a colonizer for it's all sure. That Twenty-one and me thing that like twenty-three, and twenty-three and me. And me. Well, I, twenty-one because it's for younger people. <laughs> Dude, it's half your DNA. Depends on how many chromosomes you like, have. Are you missing some? <laughs> you never know. That would explain. A I lot. have one coming in the mail. I got it for Father's Day discount. Not for you, but for me. <laughs> I did mine. Happy Father's Day. Find out if your dad's really your dad. I did my. Oh, he's your dad. I I know. I did mine and found nine brothers and sisters. That is true. And that's your from your like. But you knew that Scottish or Irish or Scottish. Yeah, I already already knew the. I already knew the. She's part Quaker. Yeah, actually true. (laughs) It is true. I actually already knew the native Spanish side, so I could. I have enough native blood. That I could join a reservation, like I could go. She was one of the first uh, IUI babies. uh, Congratulations. In the the world, really. Not part of the Indiana group that that doctor, that uh, our father, is that the name of the show? If you want to see a messed up documentary, go to Netflix and watch Our Father. There was a fertility doc in Indiana. Apparently, he's not the only one that's done this. No, but he's the most... Proliferous. But they they have found over a hundred kids that he sired in his. He just decided he just they were better off with his sperm. (laughs) Used his own sperm to inseminate. I'm a smart guy. I want smart kids out there. I used to tease my mom because she always used to tell me that my dad was a doctor and he really was. Well, you know what it was is he wanted the twenty five dollars for each donation. He needed the money. (laughs) I don't. It was his clinic, dude. Yeah, he was getting paid a lot more than that. Federal aid. So where were you guys born? I was born in Ogden. O-Town. And I was born in California. California. Part of California. That's a big state. La Mesa. That's, okay. So that's like... San Diego. How'd you go from California to Alabama? So, uh, we moved. <laughs> <laughs> so his parents said, <laughs> we're moving I didn't have from a say California in the to Alabama. <laughs> so we moved. Yeah, so my, my grandparents had retired to Alabama. They lived up northeast their whole lives. My mom was born in uh, New Jersey. And uh, they just couldn't handle the winters anymore, so they moved down to Alabama. And the the story is, I don't remember this at all, but the story is that we went and visited them, and they showed us such a good time, they convinced us to move there. And then all growing up, my dad was like, why did we ever move to this <laughs> stupid I mean, that's mosquitoes, a big, that the weather's a, terrible, like compared to Arcadia, it's like... That no is comparison. a big, that is a big change, even in culture, let alone the, the weather and the temperature. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sandy beaches, beautiful beaches to backwoods. <laughs> we still had beaches. We had 45 minutes from Gulf Coast, so we yeah. still had the beaches. Oh, so you were, you were down south yeah. part of Alabama. Yeah. You got out in time to keep your teeth, though, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's because he started out in California. <laughs> yeah, how, he got the fluoride while he was young. How distant a relative is your wife? <laughs> Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> and, we, and we never will find 23 out. 23 and me. 23 and me. 
You don't need that to find out it's your sister. <laughs> and Taylor, you you grew up here. I don't know. Right? I didn't know about mine. So. <laughs> yeah, I grew up in Utah. And how did you get to Utah, Elliot? I uh, had a free summer. I wasn't doing anything, um, and I had uh, some family out here. They said they'd get me an apartment and a job, and so I road tripped out here, and then I stayed. You got an apartment <laughs> and a job and never looked back. So the story is back. he moved. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how'd you get here? I should have done it twice. I moved. That's what I should have oh, done. Yeah, you did get here? Yeah, you I think I drove this time. <laughs> I didn't fly. I moved. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm curious, um, Taylor, how did you how did you start Food Truck League, and when did you start it? Yeah, so kind of a, I think it's a funny story. So I was working in investments. Um, I didn't. I, I loved that I worked as an economist at a pension fund, really liked it. And one day I had a good friend of mine that called me and said, hey, I have a business idea to start a business with food trucks. And I was like, oh, no, I'm going to have to go tell him what a horrible idea this is. Like, it's a hard Because if you know anything about the restaurant industry, which they fall into, there's like an 80% failure rate. Right. And my friend couldn't cook either. Yeah. So I was like, and, what are you doing? And <laughs> margins suck. They're not good. Even those that make it, they're not fantastic. It usually. has to be a passion, right? Like, yeah. you have to really believe in, like, the service and the creation. So I'm all prepared for that. My friends actually called me at the time the dream crusher. Because they'd come with their business ideas. And I was trying to be nice just asking questions, but they walked away thinking, well, that sucks. I don't want to do that anymore. So I go to this lunch with um, – his name is Todd Christensen. He's one of our partners. And they start – him and Francisco start explaining it to me. And I'm like, this is awesome. Food trucks are busy. They don't have time to do all these things. They're small businesses. Where's their marketing arm? Where's their – all these different arms that a larger company would have? At the time, we just thought of it as an event. We started in Sugar House. And our first night had – I think we the newspaper said we had like ten or twelve thousand people, and we had no idea what we we're talking about. A crappy event, like <laughs> we lines were long. You were like, we had ten or twelve people. <laughs> yeah, right. So many people and not enough trucks, right? In a small parking lot, standing room only. It was chaos. We, it was good for us because the chaos, a lot of press, but not all of it was good press. But the sales were good. It kind of launched us. So I quit my job within a month. That same month, I found out my wife was pregnant with our first kid. Lost our insurance. Went from a good income to zero income. And I was in Sugar House in the parking lot. Is she lot. still your wife? I know. Amazing, right? <laughs> and I'm in the parking lot carrying a trash bag, cleaning up after the trucks. I had just quit my job. No insurance. And the trash bag had a hole in it. And it leaked juice down my leg at midnight. <laughs> and I'm like, Taylor, you got your MBA, you worked in finance, and here you are, a food truck's garbage man at midnight. <laughs> you are the stupidest person well, that's, on earth. I mean, that is an entrepreneur. Like, I quit my job, my good job as an economist. Like, sounds like Julia. To, to start <laughs> yeah, a business. but I just started my new job yesterday, yeah. so I also still have a job. <laughs> but, like, I'm just going to start a business. I'm going to go full bore at it. Yeah, and there was, for that first year, I mean, several points that I questioned my sanity. But the thing that's fun about being an entrepreneur, what I really liked, is it's not abstract. You do something, you instantly find out if it works or not and what the feedback is. And it, and then working with food trucks, like my background, I've had an education, I've had a, a family life that supported me and stuff like that. And some of our food trucks do and some don't. But what they all have is they put way more on the line than what I had to put on the line. Our food trucks, like, you want the American dream. Working with those guys and what they're building and how they put it out there, some of them immigrants, some of them coming from different backgrounds, builders, it was inspiring. As hard as it was every day to build a company, it was inspiring working with those guys. And I know Elliot's worked with you guys a long time. How did you 
come to join Food Truck League and get into the GM role? Um, yeah, so I was, at the time, I didn't have a degree or anything, and we had just had our first kid. So my wife has a psychology degree. She was working. I was staying at home, taking care of our baby, um, and Taylor lived in the neighborhood and uh, essentially was looking for his first full-time person and reached out to me, said, hey, I know that you'd rather be working. Your wife would rather stay at home. What can we do to kind of flip you guys around and switch to hire you? Um, and then uh, we had a walk in the park. We talked about it. I uh, decided to go for it, um, and that was January 2018 that I started. You left out the good part of the story. Of course. I always do. That's, <laughs> that's so that you can tell it. I'm such a good employee. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite way that I tell the story, and don't let the facts get in the way of a good story, of course, but he was working as the goat herder, and those goats were just wild and out of control. <laughs> and so when I pitched food trucks, he's like, that sounds a lot better than working with goats. And little did I know. No, I'm just kidding. So... I now wanted, it's closer to cat herding, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I decided in high school I wanted to be a zookeeper. And so at the time I was working at the zoo, there was an opening at a dairy farm. So I was working at a goat dairy. That's where the goat herder comes in. Um, but not making nearly em- enough money at any of those jobs. And so when we had the uh, baby, then my wife was making way more than I did. So it doesn't make sense. I started Western Governors University at the time as well because I had a position at the zoo that I wanted to get, but... They needed people with a degree. Didn't matter what it just needed a degree. So I thought online school, I'll get a degree. I'll just blast through school in a couple of years. Um, and then I just graduated like what last August because awesome. I slowed down a lot because of work, but. Um, the thoughtful members of our team got you a gift card. I didn't found out later that we were really thoughtful and got that for you. <laughs> I just used that on Saturday too. That's the best part. Yeah. Yeah. That happens. That's sometimes. funny. You and your wife sound. Like my kids, my one daughter is going to school and she's probably going to get her BS in psychology, but she might go into nursing. And then my other daughter got her BS in, uh, wildlife Wildlife biology biology. oh yeah there you go so you're my oldest daughter and your wife is my youngest daughter (laughs) we're family now that's great uh so you guys got started like what 2017 2018 time frame was your first one 2015 20 geez it's a lot longer so could you just you came on in 2018 because you said that was when your baby was born yep so kind of take me through uh, take me through the first couple years with food truck league because this is like 2015 Food trucks are starting to become pretty hip, but they're still they're still a little wary. In fact, I'm trying to remember because the laws changed with regards to like food trucks and all that stuff right around then because we were still doing we were doing the podcast. It was the early days of the podcast that a lot of that stuff started changing. Because we were talking it about it wasn't 2015. It, it was a couple years later. We were involved yeah. in that because so. that because like the the taco truck. The taco truck, the Sears, the taco, Sears truck. taco truck Sears across taco from truck. Taco Time was a big driver in a lot of the law changes too. So, but you guys were actually part of some of those those changes. Yeah. So, uh, do you want me to start with the first couple of years? Yeah. Or the legislation. No, no, no. Let's start with the first couple of years. So the first couple of years, and actually, I'll brag here a little bit. One of the things I'm most proud of, like as an entrepreneur, like yeah, you can talk about you want to make an income for your family and all that. But one of the things I'm most proud of when we first started, there were less than ten trucks that were in business for over a year. Trucks every year would start out. And then they would, uh, and then they would, uh, they're, the dog's saying hi over here. You <laughs> yeah, can smell my dogs. <laughs> she'll wrangle her. We'll put her on her tether. Oh, you're good. Um, the, so when, when we first started, there was less than 10 trucks that had been in business for over a year. 
because a lot of the trucks in the seasonal nature of Utah, they're just, the demand wasn't very steady. And so most trucks that had survived for longer would have a spot they'd post up at. It was more stationary and they kind of would build a following there. So when we came, we established league nights or the roundups in parks and broadened out the catering market, broadened out the lunch market by facilitating the matching problem, right? People that love food trucks, but couldn't get in touch with them. And so when we first started to have just a couple of trucks that have been in business for over a year to now we have over a hundred that have been in business for over a year. Like that's just super fun to be a part of. And it's not like we deserve all the credit for that, but just to be a part of that story is really exciting. I mean, don't sell yourself short. You guys, I mean, we've talked to quite a few food trucks here and um, even the ones that, that don't work with you guys anymore have been nothing but uh, speaking highly of you in terms of what you do, especially for younger trucks. Because you give them opportunities that it's really hard. I mean, starting a business, especially a food truck business, is really tough to do. Uh, and you guys help coach them a lot. You guys give them opportunities they wouldn't otherwise, uh, you know, have. And I think you've created, uh, particularly in the Salt Lake Valley, which I was, I was questioning whether or not food trucks would really catch on here like they had in other places like LA. Um, you guys have, I think you've been a huge part of that because the league nights, you know, get people together to, to experience these, these businesses they might not otherwise, otherwise, you know, find and, and, and come into along with all the catering and the private business stuff that you guys help with. So, yeah, I think it's interesting. A lot of businesses that start, they're always trying to maximize their take rate. What percent can they take? We could charge a higher percentage for some of what we do, but we know that would hurt the system. That would hurt the ecosystem. And we'd rather be a small player in a big system than a big player in a broken system. And I think that served us over the years to be able to really help and let trucks invest it back into their businesses and open the second truck and grow. And, and part of that growth is the legislation change. So I'm curious, you know, when all that stuff happened, you know, what role did you guys play in that as, as, as the food truck league? Yeah, it's a cool story. So Libertas is a group here locally. And this was back when Libertas was first starting. It's a libertarian kind of mm-hmm. think tank. And there was no way we could have afforded any lobbying support in the industry. Like we were <laughs> far from that. And Connor Boyack um, came and he said, um, reached out to the food trucks. He wrote a little book on food truck freedom and wrote a little children's story on it. And he's like, well, let's see if we can help the trucks here. Did a meeting and I saw what he was doing and I latched on like a pit bull. I was not going to let him get by. I was like, what support do you need? Let's make sure this is a priority for your group. Um, and they, they went up and worked with now Lieutenant Governor Henderson, Senator Henderson at the time. And she was great. She was kind of like a, this peacemaker that brought everyone to the table, got us all to a table. And it was like the exact opposite of what you normally hear about the Capitol with everyone fighting. We all sat down. We, you know, different opinions, but we discussed, found compromises, found ways to make things work. Several years, we kept changing it and honing it. And it was able to really expand the ability for food trucks instead of having different requirements in every city with different legislation and different fees and summer day. I mean, it was a nightmare. Well, I mean, because we've, we've talked about these rules as they, as they've changed over the years because we've had so many restaurateurs and food trucks on the show. I mean, you know, some of the early stuff was, I mean, clearly like early on taco time on nine, ninth South and, uh, State Street really was trying to put that taco truck out of business because at lunchtime the taco truck would have a line around the block and taco time would have no one and it's because the taco truck was damn good like that taco truck is still the best taco truck in salt lake city i'm sorry to say and it's it's just like a stupid trailer that they set up on the sidewalk in the sears parking lot yeah but so and then there was another one that popped up 
literally like 10 feet away, <laughs> like right around the corner. And so Salt Lake, Salt Lake and, and then the state started introducing laws and they had, you know, these big restaurant groups trying to put the trucks out of business and stamp them out of existence in the valley before they became something. And, and instead what has happened is we've, you know, initially we got health code requirements and, you know, Taco Time had some valid concerns like, they don't have to pass all the rigorous crap that we do to serve their stuff. Like, does downtown Taco Time or Taco Time really have to pass those though? Because it looks pretty creepy. <laughs> I mean, look, the reality is once you pass your first health inspection, the rest of them aren't a big deal. I mean, ask Little World. It took what I think when they got shut down, it was like 176 <laughs> violations before they actually wow. shut them down. They're back open, by the way, still just down the street from that taco truck. Well, that's something but, a lot of people don't know is actually food trucks often get inspected more frequently because yeah, everything's. Visible, right? Yeah. Like you in a food truck, you can see the kitchen, you see everything. So they're actually, I, in my opinion, Did I'd you rather just drop my truck. food on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so, but like you were saying, one of the real issues was, I mean, I, I remember talking to, uh, I'm trying to remember who it was we were talking to at the time. Um, I know Cup Bob because I, I know Cup the Cup Bob guys because I did work with them in a previous life. So happy for their Shark Tank. That was awesome. <laughs> that was so fun. <laughs> And, and, uh, but one of the things they had, they had a truck in Utah County that never came to Salt Lake because it couldn't. Right. Because it had, and it could only operate in a couple of cities down you know, there. Poutine was one we talked about. Yeah, poutine, poutine in oh, your yeah. mouth. Yep. They actually ended up moving to Oregon, Oregon, Oregon. because yeah. they'd had enough of it. And but, sometimes it was like, you have a three compartment sink instead of a two compartment sink. Yeah, exactly. Like, weird, like weird stuff. And each county and each city even had their own health code requirements. And to operate in their city limits, you had to get permits from their city. So, a lot of the legislation that has happened over the last few years is to fix that and go, Right, you can operate in the state with this thing. You can operate in counties with these things, and you can unify some of those requirements. And, and some cities weren't even against it. They just didn't have it built out. So, yeah. for example, we'd be filling out Christmas tree application lots and like because that was the closest fit they had. So yeah. it just was new. <laughs> Honestly, to, to something cool about Utah. So we're now working with different states. They've actually come to Utah and looked at our legislation because it's a way that it's safe. It's good for everybody. No one's it's having problems. Out. It's a good business tax is thriving. Base. Yeah. And so now states across the country are looking at Utah as that example legislation of how to make it work, which is fantastic. And that's one thing, you know, we, t- we talk a lot about, we talk to a lot of small businesses. And one thing, you know, you said the legislature fights a lot. They do. But not as often when it comes to small business. Small business in the state of Utah is heavily supported. I mean, well, so I know, like, for example, my, my business is in Riverton, and we had Trent Skaggs on... I don't know, a while back. A couple of years That's ago. That's Riverton? Riverton. That Riverton yeah. He's the mayor of Riverton. Yeah. He fought to where uh, your business license in Riverton is free. Yeah. You don't have to pay for it. And it was only like 50 bucks a year, which isn't that big of a deal, but he's he's pushed for small business in Riverton specifically to the point where there's no fee for your, your business license because he wants businesses. We work with Riverton. They're fantastic. They want to support, they, yeah. create community, create things for people to come out. They, re- they require these guys to have a Riverton-based truck. <laughs> if I think I remember that. I had to move to Riverton, he said. Like, I had to move there. Well, so like Riverton has their town days uh-huh. and they bring in the food trucks. They do well, – since they used to do their movie nights, but – Pre-COVID, I don't... We do a hand and craft market with them that's really fun. So, they brought movies back to it. Oh, nice. So, they, yeah. so I know before COVID, we, there was a lot, and then everything, obviously, for everybody. Kind well, of. And COVID was an interesting experience for food trucks, too, because they were already equipped to do what none of the restaurants were able to do, which is 100% takeout. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's crazy. So as we looked at different states, Utah's food truck market during COVID 
outperformed almost everybody because of that sense of community, because of that ecosystem, the legislation, the community. We have an entrepreneurial spirit, not just for entrepreneurs, but the public appreciates them. They want no one. Our, our state doesn't want to just eat McDonald's all day. They no. like having variety. Unless you live in American Fork. I don't know if you've <laughs> been Utah down there. Issue. But American Fork, I swear there's no local businesses left. <laughs> that place chain city down there food network actually came and did a show here and they gave me one of my favorite compliments i've ever heard they said utah has more food trucks per capita like a stronger ecosystem for our population than anywhere they've ever seen oh that's wild even better than like la and yeah because you look at la san francisco portland they're famous for it but they also have massive population i mean you're talking what how many in la like 18 million or something and so like, like they have more food trucks for sure but our ecosystem per capita is, I would go toe to toe, put me up against anyone in the country. Utah has better variety, more diversity, better run food trucks, more professional. I'd, I'd go toe to toe anywhere. I know we've got just, just the variety, um, different, well, different places that we've been and different people we've had on the show, but we've got like the shrimp shack, for example. That's a food truck. That's <laughs> shrimp and like seafood. Jeremy's favorite place, the Shrimp Shack. <laughs> it's so good. He probably ate there three times That's this week. That's awesome. It's so good, the Shrimp Shack. So, but, but, but the variety and the, the pizza places, though, there's a couple of them that have the pizza oven like in the mm-hmm. truck. We insure a pizza trailer. Pizza Pizza cone. <laughs> Which one? Ooh, there's Umani. It's, there's um, yeah, Umani. Fiori. Fratelli Pizzeria. Fratelli? It's like done by Badger Brothers LLC. Okay. They actually have a deal with a company where they have like a small like little restaurant where you self-serve so you go to their trailer get their food and then they have like, like a semi-permanent place yeah, yeah. so they're cool. they're licensed or they're insured as like a caterer and a non-service seated restaurant so they can go around so they like went to our because we try and support the people that we insure and so when we had our summer party they catered oh yeah our summer party that's food awesome. trucks are fun too because they you get these mashups right like yeah. pizza cone zone you just mentioned like that's like they just do idea, fun things great. and a big restaurant can't pull off those experiments but trucks can and they can do yeah. different things there's that ramen one that you had at the the that's not a oh, food truck market. That's oh that wasn't a food truck dragon noodle place at the market oh, thought, yeah the farmer's market that wasn't a truck that's not a truck they do have trucks that show up there, like the the Haitian ladies. Oh, no, they just do a tent, though. The Jamaican truck is always there, though. Um, Jamaica's Kitchen? Oh, God, those people. Their food. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're the so best. Good. They're, they're awesome. But, I mean, that's just, and we have such a variety, too. I mean, restaurants aside, the food truck variety of, of different types of food and ethnicities of food. Like well, it's the, I miss Rocklet. We need another Rocklet truck. Rocklet House yeah. bought their tr- truck and they're running. Oh, yep. nice. No. So same concept with uh, Rocklet yeah, and they're scraping off the cheese off we, the cheese wheel. We, we loved Abby and, and Zara. Those girls were awesome. Oh, nice. So, yeah. So Buzzed, which I know that I know uh, she sold, but she was one of the very first people we had on the show. Oh, yeah, we had Trina on five years ago, six years ago. And so we followed her. That's my favorite things with food trucks. Like some of these guys you're mentioning, like hustlers, like people that build things, they get after it. No one's, they're not looking for anything to be given. They go out and get after it. Like, uh, we talked to the guy, was it, uh, Cheddar Truck? He owned the Cheddar Truck and then sold it. Uh, maybe it wasn't Cheddar Truck. Cheddar Burger. Yeah, I know the Cheddar Burger. There was another truck. What are you talking about? And and he he sold the truck and he does like private, he does like private, uh, meal planning stuff now. now. Five and a half years ago. So that, that's the cool thing. We've been podcasting long enough that we've seen some of these like 
grow, get big, open up places, yeah. sell, expand. I know I, I'm blanking on who it is, but you'll I'm, remember like part of the way all of a sudden Jeremy will say a name and that'll be his name. One of my favorites is like some of the ones that started when our first event, that one I mentioned, Sugar House, Yoshi's. Oh, you yeah. guys know them. So around. he was, he has, he's had a restaurant for a long time, but he came to that event and saw those people and he's like, I can do this. <laughs> and so he opened, he got the idea from that event. So it, we've been the partners same for Yoshi's years. that's like in, in, Yes, Hill Creek. But the answer is yeah. yes. Yeah, one in the same one Yoshi. in Murray and yeah. one in Surrey. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm thinking of. And so, th- actually, when you mentioned earlier the legislation, restaurants wanting to shut them down in Utah, that's changed. That restaurants are looking at as opportunity yeah. now, and in other states, they're still behind us on that. And we go there and we tell them, like, if the food truck is such a huge advantage that you can't compete, wouldn't you want to open one and have it go be marketing for your restaurant? Yeah, like be be that be a, instead of the other way, which is a lot of food trucks start in the food truck space with a dream of opening a brick and mortar restaurant. Just go the opposite direction. Spot on. And it's, think about it. Like that's the one two punch of the future. You have a marketing vehicle that can go out and meet the public where they're at in a restaurant so people can always find you. We're, we're heading to that world where we, you get accessibility and the stability of a restaurant. Well, I feel like it, the food truck too could do some of your experimental stuff, which is harder to do in the restaurant. So you could throw something out there and say, today we're doing this special thing and kind of mm-hmm. see yeah. how easy it is to produce. How it's pretty easy people, to just slap a sign on the window versus print out new menus or and, even try and remind your staff to, re, you know, tell people because they sit down, they're looking at the menu, then the waitress comes over and you're like, yeah, I've already decided what I want. I want to try that. And the operational complexity. You have a big kitchen, the sourcing, the, the, the prep of all that versus you as an owner, just go cook it yourself on the truck and, and try something different. Yeah. No, they cook it in a commissary. Come on. <laughs> Actually, they have certain pieces they do there, but yeah, there's a mixture. Some trucks are completely commissary. And I'm, some... I'm just I'm just trying to make sure for, for legal things for trucks. <laughs> not, not only that, but we have some friends who are opening, hopefully, a commercial oh, kitchen yeah, in the true. next year. Yeah. So the neighborhood hive up in Sugar House. Oh, cool. They're going to try and convert uh, part of theirs into a commercial kitchen where people can go in and do food trucks yeah, or, or whatever or it is that they need. Or, yeah. There's a big need for commissaries yeah. for food trucks. So that's great. Well, and that's one of, I mean, that's one of the laws that, that came into existence is every food truck's required to have some commissary somewhere. Yeah. Um, Not every state does that. That's one yeah, I don't really love, thing. but it is true. It's one a lot of food trucks don't really love, but it makes, I mean, it makes sense from a public health standpoint. I, I think, think it, I wish they diversify by the truck. Yeah. There's some trucks that I think you could make a case for, but there's some trucks that they're like, we don't like, they make well, French like, toast. Like, yeah, like, like the like, coffee trucks. Right. They're right. like, this is stupid <laughs> to have, to have, right. a, to be tied to a commissary and pay rent for a commissary. We make coffee to make bean juice. But to be but to be fair, most of those have a pretty sweet deal. A lot of times with a with a like a big commissary where they're yeah that's their commissary. They're but renting they're just, yeah. or or they partner up with a bakery and they sell some of their baked goods. exactly yeah. exactly. And so that's I mean that's a way you you deal with those sorts of things. But it's hard to make exceptions on a individual business basis from a bureaucratic standpoint. That's true. All I know is as I'm listening to you guys talk about these places, I'm thinking all of Utah needs to be able to tap into your guys's brains and wheel. <laughs> like, what's going on over here i want to go do something i mean that's there. that's why we started the podcast utah you know the there's two questions i always get when i go out of town which is how many wives do you have and are you mormon but there's nothing else about all the amazing stuff that utah has or to do offer. you ski yeah do you ski so, that's another good well one. some of the things that we've talked about um because of the weird laws utah has had still has it's made food trucks it's made our uh, micro brews and distilleries. Yeah. Amazing. Because we've had to 
finagle and work through all of the weirdness, I think I think in a way that has made our food scene far superior. Yeah, much more inventive too. to a lot of other places. It's, it's more, for lack of a better word, because I can't think of it, but it's more durable too, because the people that are that do make it through and survive know how to make it through and survive. So like when you were talking about COVID, like they know how to rough it, you know, through the, the tough times and make something work to keep going because they had to just to start. Yeah. It's interesting. I heard something about California once that a lot of innovation happens in California because it, the DNA of the state was, you know, gold miners, people going for opportunity. I think Utah has that too, whether it's pioneers or people coming for opportunity. It's in our blood as a culture, as a state to build, to admire people that build. Like it's, it's part of us. Yeah. That's, that's because when the trains came to the middle of the United States, somehow we Utah. convinced them that we're the center of the United we're States. We're the awesome, golden man. spike. We met in the middle. We're the middle of the country. By importance if you weight it by like a gravity yeah. of importance right yeah, that's what i'm saying right. like we're 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 the we're good we're, we're the good. black hole of the united states is what we're trying to but say we, I mean, we do i mean what you said is true like think of all the big tech companies like silicon valley is known for tech but what's number two in the country it's here yeah uh, we have some of the biggest startups that have turned into massive companies adobe didn't start in Sil- silicon valley guys it was a utah group that started adobe yeah uh it, you know we had corel May they rest in peace. <laughs> I still like. I, st- I still prefer Word Perfect. Um, Omniture was one of the OGs, yeah, right? Like yeah. from Utah. Oracle's based out of here. Um, was it I am Flash? Is that what they're back to now? That made the zip- it was it zip drives and then yeah, and then, flash drives. Yeah, and, and now it's I, I think it's I am Flash now. It's funny because the street it's on is flash drive. Yeah. Is Domo here or is that just yeah, yeah, Domo's base here. here? You know, the big There's, blue DigiCert was was a company was that was formed here. I mean, Exact was a big the, company. The, Qualtrics, the one that's doing all of the virtual stuff for Disney. Uh, yeah, the Void. The Void. And the we void should just state to be clear that. here: all these big companies. If you're listening, book food trucks for your summer. <laughs> yeah, <events>. yeah. <laughs> so well, let's let's get into that. So. What are some of the events that so you guys... Let's take a step back, because okay. a lot of people, we know, people know what food trucks are, but they may not know who the food truck league is and what oh, you yeah. guys actually let's do. So maybe let's let's start explain there. Explain that just a little yeah, bit. Like, memorize your mission statement and tell <laughs> Well, I, I kind of already told you, we make small mistakes. <laughs> Book food truck league, right? <laughs> That's our, we're going to do a commercial soon with that. Um, so the way I always like to describe it is, I'll go my nerdy economic version first, right? Food trucks are a diverse industry. There's a lot of like different moving pieces. How do you know what's good? Who's out there? So what our main role is, is we try to reduce transaction costs between the matching problems that create, right? So if there's 300 food trucks, how do you know which one's good for you? What are the pros and cons? How do you match those? And I mean, for someone to go out and figure out which of the 300 trucks is good, that's a lot of work. So from the client side or the end user, we help bring that variety. And then from the truck side, we help create a fair platform for them to grow. So we never take ownership in trucks. We never have equity. We want to create opportunity, rules-based opportunity that if you perform, it's not us that decides, it's the community. So we're kind of navigating that that system. Kind of like an eBay for food trucks a little bit, right? Where we're matching those two sides and creating that platform. They're like a food truck grinder. (laughs) (laughs) Food truck tinder. (laughs) Swipe Swipe left or right. Does this look yummy? Not today. And and the key to our strategy, kind of our mission statement, we there's a book called Outward Mindset by Arbinger. So we believe we're only successful if everyone around us is winning. So if food trucks around us aren't winning, now anytime you have 300 food trucks, not everyone's going to love us, but that's okay, right? But we are focused. If we create wins for everyone, 
long term we win. In the short term, if we have to take some losses, that's fine. And then same thing for our client partners. We partner with a lot of cities, businesses, um, corporate events. We've done Qualtrics event. If we we believe that if you make those short term sacrifices, your reputation gets out there and you build that way. So we try to put the trucks and build that ecosystem, and that's kind of what we're focused on is helping people find and connect with the right trucks. Yeah, and so to that end. I know a lot about food truck leagues. So I have to be careful not to like step on it. I've not done, to do your not to do their interview for them. Yeah, full disclosure. I've worked with these guys before. Um, I like these guys a lot. Um, and I, I've well, talked, why didn't you invite them? Well, <laughs> because I kept telling them to, and he, he doesn't listen. Because to it took me, I'm, who I'm doesn't busy. even know anyone in the food truck league. I know when it. you told me, I was like. <laughs> He's like, hey, uh, Chris, Chris, did you know that Julia got was Food Truck put, League? And well, he was I'm like, looking at, oh, who is it? And I was like, it's I'm like, not Taylor. No, just tell, just tell, like, I'm I like, knew. And she told me, I'm like, I don't know how many times I've about sat in the car the and listened to you guys do conference calls when he's in the car. So I've heard your voice like Well, a the problem times. was, is he was working with me and he knew what that would be like. If he was working yeah. with Elliot, you guys would have, we would have been on forever. But I'm like, well, who's, I'm like, who's, who's coming? And Bree tells me, well, I've been talking to Elliot. I'm like, just tell him. Tell him to ask Taylor to come and tell him that it's me and he'll come. <laughs> and and uh, that worked. So I figured if you had the time, you'd show up because because it was me. Oh, yeah. Well, and your guys' podcast, too. I love what you guys are doing. Like Chris has talked to me and I've listened to what you guys have done. And I've been here my whole life. and I'm like, oh, I didn't know that was here. Like we go visit other places, we don't even know how cool this place like is. Like Gilgal Gardens, which we talked about last month, <laughs> and the Summum Temple, Joseph Smith yeah. Sphinx statue in Salt Lake City. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and some, I mean, some of that stuff I knew, but there, there's been a lot of things that we've just learned from people we've had on the show that we didn't know existed, like like the like the pyramid in Salt Lake. Yeah. Like I didn't I had no clue. It's like a temple with like a mummy. Yeah, those guys were awesome. And, stuff. and it was the, it was the band guy that told us about it. Some. Was it someone from Folk Hogan? No, no, it was the goth band guy. Oh. The, oh, I can't think of him, but I can see his face. Jess's friend. Uh, yeah, the yeah. some goth band guy from some local goth band. He's like, yeah, that's all you need a, to know, right? He's like, he's like we, have a, we have a perfect Summon pyramid in temple. Salt Lake. We're like, what? And he's like, yeah. And so we looked it up and... Uh, and then we got to go got there and on the go show. inside anyway, the so Temple. Just by doing what we've done, we've learned a lot of things. Yeah. Living here, I mean, yeah, a lot of us had no idea. So, but what I was getting to is, you know, these guys, so Taylor gives a nice, like, big round picture, but Elliot does the actual work now. <laughs> um, and so, Elliot, describe for people what you guys actually do in a, in a real sense for, for trucks and for, you know, businesses and clients. Yeah. So, typically, people reach out to us when they're looking for food trucks. They want to get food there. Um, so, and then we talk through their event with them. Um, figure out, like we had talked about earlier, how many people will they have there? What are they looking for? What's the feel of the event? And then our job is to match them with the best food trucks that we can find available. Um, so on the ground, that's a lot of talking on the phone, a lot of uh, texts and emails and uh, communicating. Um, but the end result is uh, food trucks showing up. They know what they're prepared to do. Um, they know what they're going to make. They know how many people are going to be there, what to expect. Elliot, maybe give them a couple mis- like common mistakes with people doing events. That way, if someone doesn't use us, because I mean, if people use food trucks, we support that too. Maybe give some common mistakes we, we help people point out, like how many trucks or things like that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, rule of thumb is uh, 100 plus meals per food truck. So people all the time reach out, say, hey, I have 150 people there. I want six trucks. And, and that's pretty hard to like, that's, a, that's a, a quick conversation where we say, you know what? They're looking for this much, this many meals per truck, just to kind of let you know, if you're looking for uh, an event environment and, 
and money is no object and you just want a lot of, a lot of trucks there, a minimum guarantee is typically saying, Hey, we, we met, we guarantee you're going to make at least this much sales. And if you don't make that much, we'll just pay the difference. And we've had some successful events where they're saying, Hey, you know, I've got a private concert for my son. We're going through the roof. We just want a bunch of food there and it doesn't matter. Then, then we can do both ends. But typically people are looking for, you know, uh, to the, the number of trucks to match the number of people there. I think it's important too, because those things, I mean, this is like you said, if someone just went out and said, Hey, I need five trucks and they go out and talk to five different trucks and bring those five trucks, the trucks get there and they're completely unhappy because they're not, it's like what we talked about uh, earlier in the show with Westfest. Westfest. There were so many trucks for how many people were there. The trucks didn't make any money. Well, there probably would have if they would have been where the if people were actually near the actual Because like event. McDonald's, when we were driving, so we were picking up my daughter from the airport and we skirted that, but the McDonald's that was right there was closer and there were the food vendors. Oh, there were just cars wrapped around but, it, and I'm like, "Are those vendors like that are hungry after we like, went we It was the people in between sales. But it's, I mean, those are the kinds of things that you know. From a from this is going into what Taylor was saying from a truck perspective, you know, they don't want. So they don't even want to waste their time talking to a lot of people that want events because they don't know because they're like, yeah, I'd like a food truck to come down for my block party. There's going to be 30 people there. That's not a moneymaker for a food truck. It's not even a money. It's a loser because they could be somewhere else having a full night or a full afternoon and, and actually making money. And, and sometimes people even think they're doing this kind of thing. They're like, I'm going to let your food truck park in our business. And we're like, that doesn't That's really help them. great. Yeah. Like, yeah, sometimes it's really good if the food truck is already... Sometimes got a if huge you're the following. food truck that goes up here and parks at Walmart. Yeah, that's a that's a big that's a big know. giant national. But company. man, people drive to that thing. Yeah, that off, and then it, then it's good because the off like, the hook truck. Oh, oh, yeah, oh on, the on the hook, yeah, yeah. on the hook, on whatever, the, whatever it is. It is. Also, big. their fish and chips are really good. Yeah. <laughs> well, so it's interesting. Their the part of what their success strategy is is his dad is a commercial fisherman. I've when we oh. talk with them, so he fishes. They so directly he, ship they, it. Oh, that's so, awesome. So that's they have why like it's a so unique good. But they, well, and they have, I mean, they have a lot of, they're national. They have trucks all, they have, a, they have food trucks that drive around Wyoming, <laughs> which is insane. Nobody that's drives they, around That's where Wyoming. they started, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. There's half a million people in that state <laughs> and everything is three hours apart. Like it's not a great place for a food Jeez. truck, generally speaking. <laughs> One of the ways we kind of think of ourselves internally is, is like tour guides, right? So the food truck world is like this jungle and people know it's exciting, but how do you know how to, I mean, it's not people's fault they don't know how to set up an event they don't know what trucks dynamics are and also people are sometimes nervous like how do i make sure i'm not being taken advantage of how do i know i'm getting a good price so we're the tour guide that helps go through the jungle there's poisonous snakes you want to avoid there's things you don't want to do um like the minimum guarantee is a good example when some people first hear minimum guarantee for a truck they're like oh why should the truck get a thousand dollar minimum guarantee well, what you're they're really doing is signaling the truck conviction in their event Mm -hmm. if you're not sure 100 people are going to show up you have more information than the truck does, so why should the truck take the chance if you're not willing to? Yeah, exactly. So you kind of get some of these things that we explain to people, and usually people are like, oh, that makes sense. We're like event planner's light or a tour guide for the food truck world. I think the other thing that's important, um, these guys have a website that if you don't know it, you should go to it. It's foodtruckleague.com. Um, and it's fan- if you want, if you're sitting around and you're like, oh, I'd like to go, you know, get lunch from a food truck, just go to the website. Especially in the, in, in the off or in the normal season, like during the spring and the summer and the fall. Um, you can see where all the food trucks are in the valley. And I say all, it's not really all, but it's, 
It's all that matter. <laughs> it's a ton of food trucks. And you can also see all the events, um, you know, outside of the private events, obviously, but you're able to see like, Hey, is there a food truck posted up at an office building during lunch? Or is, you know, is the Riverton food truck? What night is the Riverton? Is it updated night? like in is real time, Thursday? like a map? Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. It's a map of, of, and it, you move the map around and you it's can like see life where stuff is. It's, a, but it's with an food interactive trucks. map of yeah. food. My favorite part of it is the league nights because like from a normal customer perspective, you, if you have a truck you know you like, you go try them out. But at a league night, you get lots of different trucks. Yep. Everyone from their, your family can get something different. It's a cornucopia of you get, options. You get a chance to test five to six trucks in most league nights and like get to see like oh hey uh this truck's umami is amazing like they make really good food now i'm gonna follow them and see where they're at from their social media but if you don't know what trucks are out there or you want to try something new the league nights are a fantastic opportunity or if you want to bring other people instead of fighting with the kids about which restaurant to go to you can go to one stop it's like going to a not sucky food court well even when we were in hawaii there were a couple times where we went to just a place and there were a couple there were three or four food trucks and everybody would just kind of scatter and then come back and I think there's a little bit like the inefficiency of a food truck model is what kind of makes it enjoyable, right? McDonald's, man, are they efficient, but you can taste the efficiency, right? Like <laughs> yeah. food trucks, they're not as efficient as those McDonald's chains, but that means it's crafted. That yeah, means you you're can, getting something You can real. also taste the authenticity. Like yeah. it's, that's something, it's something fantastic. Food trucks are great. I've driven to a food truck across the valley to get a Cuban. To put up in a in a competition for best Cuban. <laughs> that's that's my dedication. Was it, was it Havana Eats? Yes, it yeah. was. Oh yeah, <laughs> those guys are awesome. I love their stuff. I'm not even a huge Cuban fan, but their sandwiches are so good. So. I was um, thinking, because at this point, I think we've worked with probably, I've probably interacted in some way with Food Truck League, probably 1,500, 2,000 food trucks over yeah. the years. And it's just wow. like, you think about, I mean, not all of those in Utah, but most of them, and you just get such variety and some close their food truck to start a restaurant, some build up to some other goal. Sometimes it's a passion project, they do it for fun for a while, but you, the, the building that happens on these food trucks and the experimentation is just it's cr- if you aren't tasting these guys, you've got to get out there. What's kind of fun, too, is a lot of times you get to meet the owner or the creator because they're working in their food truck. And if you get in on the ground level, they start to know you. And if you are a follower, it's like, oh, hey. And it's it's the whole hey, Norm thing from clear back from cheers. I don't know what the equivalent is these days. <laughs> but you can't ask to speak to the manager because you're probably already talking to them. <laughs> yeah, don't, you know, be a, don't be a Karen. <laughs> one thing about Utah is it's a, it's a very friendly state for refugees from all over the world. And I think that has a lot to do with the variety of food trucks and the variety of cultural foods that we have. Is we do have a lot of people coming from... Nigeria and Cambodia and just all of these places because Utah is a safe place. The Cambodian food that's at the market is really good. (laughs) Working at Food Truck League, it almost feels like you leave Utah because, like, Utah, you know, you're used to like, we're very white, we're very kind of north, all the same. And you go into food truck world and there's a full diversity. You feel like you're in a completely different state that's much more diverse because you get that cultural taste. Like you're saying, it's the owners, people that actually lived there and brought their food with them. It's the other side of Utah. That's our podcast. It's it's the really good parts of Utah. Parts of Utah most people don't think about. Right. So outside of like the, outside of like the league nights, what are some of the other events that you guys do a lot with? We can do a couple. I'll let you go first. Tell your favorite event that we do. Oh yeah. The, the food truck face off. Um, oh yeah. So, um, the last couple of years with COVID, we hadn't been able to really bring the trucks together like we had in the past. 
Um, so it's the first really big one since 2019, but it's an eight-year-old event. Um, this year it's on July 16th, uh, 4 to 10 p.m., um, and it's a big charity event. We have three charities this year. A portion of all the proceeds go back to them, and we're bringing 25-plus trucks uh, into Liberty Park. Um, and it's a we've been prepping for it since the last one ended, um, and it's a huge deal for us, great deal for the charities, like, um, really, really cool. We've been doing this since 2016, I think. If you guys remember Granary Row, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so Granary's out the Granary District. Yeah. yeah, so we did like this Granary Row, and they brought in the shipping containers, and we had like seven trucks, and it blew up, and like we were like, oh, this is big. So we started moving and building every year. Speaking that's of blowing Ruby, up, that's where Ruby Snap is. So. Speaking of blowing up, did you hear about the explosion at the cheese factory? All that was left was debris. Take those away from him, please. Take those I was away. I look through those, actually. No, you take those away right now. I pre-selected some food puns for him. Oh, nice. So I'll, I'll share this. Sometimes he just throws those in on his own. Yeah, so. he does random ones. Though, it came so up organically. picking relevant ones for him. It was Father's Day, and so I saw a quote I really liked that said, uh, Fatherhood, the only time you get to be at the bottom of the hierarchy and be grateful for it. <laughs> oh, that's that's great. True. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like you have to be at the bottom. Like Who's Jeremy more is. important, me or you? Exactly. <laughs> the silence exactly. says everything. <laughs> Who's we more disagreed, important? so we compromised and went with yeah. her idea. Who's more important, me or the girls? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of a tie. Like you, they don't live with me anymore, so I don't really. If you got to explain it. Yeah, that's, but it's funny. You say that about Father's Day, like all the, all the Father's Day videos and stuff that I, I watch is like, Mother's Day. Here, honey, here's breakfast in bed and here's a drink. Nobody don't do wants anything breakfast today. in bed, by the way, like, people. But like, don't do anything. We'll take care of the chores. I'll take the kids, get them out of your hair. And then Father's Day is like, okay, I'm going to go golfing. I well, you mug. you're going to spend the day with the kids, right? Like, <laughs> but see, can that's, you, that's, can you that's not work the, on this thing that's for not me? The, that's not the TikToks that I see. <laughs> <laughs> Although we had a, we had like weird dynamics this year because we don't, ha- we didn't have the kids. So I cleaned the house on Mother's Day and he cleaned the house on Father's Day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm she, not sure how that worked she, out. She worked in the yard on, but on it was, Father's Day. But, <laughs> but I came in and I was like, oh, I was going to come in and clean the house. And he's like, it's done. I'm like, you were like, out working awesome. in the yard. I needed to do something for you. So, <laughs> so, uh, what I, I'm curious from, from your guys' perspective, I know you're not going to actually give me an answer, but I'm, I'm wondering what your favorite truck is in the valley. Because you've eaten it a lot of trucks. Pick, pick your favorite kid is kind of what <laughs> yeah, that question exactly. is. Okay, so what about your favorite food? My, which one do you... My favorite kid most? is my cat, Boone. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and there's like different ways to answer is part of the problem, right? So like I can give truck names because there's things that I like, but their mood shifts, right? So it's mm-hmm. kind of more like who's your favorite right now. But I will say that one that I always love eating from is Jamaica's Kitchen. Donovan, not only is his food fantastic, like, honestly, sometimes people have to remind him to charge the customers because he just does it because he loves it. He's just having a great time. Yeah, I'll catch him back there dancing sometimes. It and smells just... so good. But the thing that really wins me over is he home he makes his jerk sauce from scratch. Mm-hmm. And, like, that stuff, I swear he's laced it with something. It is <laughs> so good. Crack <laughs> coke in it. Cocaine. I think they grow that in Jamaica. I'm not sure. <laughs> my, my most recent favorite is Salt City Barbecue. 
And you guys uh, actually had him on yeah, here. Yeah, we had those show. On here. Yeah. But I went to a roundup last night or a league night and uh, got some ribs and went and, and gave them to another truck. And I was like, please, I need some validation. These are the best ribs ever, right? And they're like, yes. Yeah, these are the best ribs. <laughs> I'm telling you. They're so I, good. I said this when they were on the show. That is one area that, that Salt Lake Valley in particular really lacks. We don't have a lot of good barbecue. Um, I miss Q for you. If you guys knew him back in the day, so he was like the OG around here and yeah. his food was just fantastic. But I, I'm surprised Ellie went barbecue because if you talk barbecue, those are like the most like they'll fight you over who yeah, barbecue's they, best. I, mean, I wouldn't <laughs> dared go there. That is the one, but that, it's not. He, the, he doesn't have any competition. R. Who's going to come after? That, I mean, but that's, that's just it. Like barbecue is the only, I mean, look, every type of food kind of has competitions. Barbecue guys, that is what they're they do. Shows. Their restaurants, like, their restaurants are like an afterthought. It's all about the competition. It's a cage fight more than yeah. it's food. If they it's like open, we have all this left over from the competition. <laughs> Let's just give it to the restaurant. If they open a restaurant, it's because they've won several awards and they've validated themselves and they're like, okay, now I can open a restaurant. <laughs> Where other people are like, I'd love to cook. I'm going to open a restaurant or a food truck. The barbecue guys are like, First, I, a, I, need I need to know a place that I'm the to best. display all of my medals. <laughs> Can I tell you guys about a funny story about a food truck that started with the passion with no... Uh, it cracked me up. So I won't obviously say names or even events, so or don't tie back to them. But we go to this event. This was early days. Um, and then we go to this event, and there's this new guy that started up. And he's all excited because he's going to really take the industry by storm. And he goes... He, <laughs> it's so funny to me. He, go, he pulls out from Costco. He has a bag of those frozen mixed berries. <laughs> and he does crepes. And so he has like just a frying pan like you'd get like to uh-huh. plug in and a bag of, of frozen berries that he melts. And if you've had those, like you melt them, they're, it's juicy. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a mess. It's, and it's so, good for a smoothie or a popsicle. Or even frozen. Yeah. yeah. But he just pu- puts a crepe down, pours some of that on and kind of like tries to roll it up and it's dripping and falling apart. <laughs> People would walk away from his like little stand just like staring at it. So the early days, 2015, like when things were first starting, we did not have the professionalism we have no. today. It was so different. <laughs> you just took whoever came and you they just hoped passion, it went, went they well. Had passion. <laughs> yeah. Some of the trucks from those days, the ones that survived, obviously, they've they knew what they were doing or they wouldn't be here. But some of the ones that were just starting off, this guy didn't even have a truck. It was just, it was like cute almost. It was like, you're like trying to the back of the band. He's trying so hard. Now listen to the story when that truck comes on someday to this podcast. Be like, you should have seen Taylor and food truck league in those days. He had no idea what he was doing. <laughs> he was, he was getting garbage all over himself. <laughs> he had 10,000 people at an event with two trucks. <laughs> His <laughs> wife was like, I don't know. <laughs> I still don't know how my wife let me do this. <laughs> I mean, she's totally supportive now though. Well, the problem is this is our joke is every time we have another kid, I seem to decide it's a good time to start a new business. So we expanded to Arizona. We we did the hub project in South Jordan, which didn't work out, and we lost money on that. She's like, can we not try to do two babies at once? Like, we just do one at a time? Can we do a human baby and then later do a business baby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the hub was a the hub was an interesting experiment. Uh, uh, so we, we talked about the hub when the hub, this was before I even knew Taylor. Um, we had talked about the hub on the show because we were really excited. There was going to be a permanent place to go get food from food trucks that rotated on a regular basis. Turns out 
That didn't work so well. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I love talking about things that don't work because sometimes you only hear the success stories, the food trucks that are yeah. killing it when they come on. And, and that's part of the problem is people have the, the false ideal of entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship sucks for like, it's kind of like having kids. Most days suck, but overall it brings meaning to your life. <laughs> it's like inventing. It's it better when they're older. Look, you invent hundreds of things to maybe have one that's good. <laughs> and so for like the hub, it's actually, I think it was interesting. It was like a use case. We thought, not let's you know utah's one of the best food truck per capita out there let's go out there and do the best food truck park out there so lots of food truck parks there's not a building it's just like they have like a canopy and picnic tables and that's it and we said let's build a building let's make it nice let's have a winter season um we did research we talked to parks across the country and i was like of course i'm going to succeed we know how to do food truck business i was so confident right and in retrospect we missed several things but one of them was all the markets I talked to didn't have a food truck league with events in people's neighborhoods. <laughs> so like people were driving from all over to go to these food truck parks. And here in Utah, it's way more community because we come to their neighborhood and their park. And I think that was part of it. But, you know, it's, it's, it, it was an interesting experience. I think everyone always says this and it sounds corny, but you learn a lot more from failing than succeeding as long as you don't put all your chips on the table so you can keep playing. Yeah, I think that's a, and it's not like you guys don't still use the space. Well, I we mean, sold it. So, oh, you did sell it. We did Good. sell it. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Last, last time you hadn't sold it yet, but you were still doing events and stuff. Yeah. There, we but. turned it into like an event venue and rentals and stuff like that. But I'm glad you were able to sell it and get out from underneath that. that <laughs> <else> <laughs> yeah. Failures are a lot better in retrospect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now we get to watch the food truck parks that are opening now. I'm like, man, we're so glad we don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. yeah. We're well, out. And I think what you said is, I think what you said is, is real. I mean, what you guys have done that's really successful is you've created these community league nights in the places that people already go in their neighborhoods, whether it's, you know, in Riverton, you know, you have the, the, the night there, you have one in Daybreak and West Murray, Jordan. West I think Jordan. we're in, what are we, like 18 cities we work with now? 20. 20 cities. 20 okay. cities that you guys are doing league nights. Uh, and so really every night of, of the week, you can go out and experience five or six trucks. And that's the truth even in the winter. So even when it's tougher to find uh, trucks as a whole, because a lot of trucks maybe don't even operate in that off season, you guys are still having a lot of league nights. Probably not 20, <laughs> but I know I know there's a handful that operate all winter. Yeah, we uh, usually, and even if it's part of the winter, we like to ha try to do as much as we can to keep things going, yeah. So I don't know if it was yours, but that Christmas fair you did last year in Harriman, they had six, seven food trucks for that, and that was two weeks before Christmas. So, yeah, even in the winter months, you still see them out there. Yeah, and, and we... Well, those we, are going to be the only toasty people. Everyone else... Is <laughs> as long as it's not an ice cream truck, I think you're probably okay. <laughs> and we love it. Like, we don't do, obviously, every event. We're not the right fit for everybody. And we just love any any event that supports food trucks the right way, right? That doesn't... And that's the problem that we feel bad for is sometimes people that don't know how the industry works are like, oh, we're going to make a lot of money off the food trucks and it's going to be great. And they're focused on the wrong thing. It should be about the customer experience. Happy food trucks equal happy guests. Like if there's no incentive left for the truck, they don't bring the extra staff. They don't bring the extra food. You have to make it good for the trucks first. And then your event is successful. Then you can make some money. Well, and like you, I mean, like you've said a few times, you guys aren't charging exorbitant fees on either side. You're charging very minimal fees and you're really just connecting people. Uh, and I, that's a huge deal, I think. Yeah, our business model is like a thousand arrows. Like no single event is really that powerful for us. We'd rather make a little bit of money on a lot of different things. And that way we're not too big of a burden on any piece. 
Well, I think you guys have been really successful. I mean, we've we've talked about the national landscape, and you guys, I know, are starting to move into that space. And there are some cities that have organizations kind of in the same space, but maybe aren't as successful um, and, and, you know, don't have as good of a relationship with the trucks. And I feel like, especially from all the people we've talked to over the years here, you guys have a really good relationship with most of the trucks in the Valley uh, and with the community as a whole. And yeah. that's a big deal. And I'm proud. I Like, I, I tend to do self-deprecation a lot, but that one I'm just proud of. Like, we're not perfect, but we do our best. And when we have looked at other states, it's actually sad. Some of these states... You talk to these trucks and they hear what's happening here and they're like, t- like, whoa, that's what you guys do. That's what's happening. You actually work. Other states, what often happens is someone will call a truck and say, hey, I'm going to schedule you for this location. No marketing, no logistics, no work. <laughs> trucks go lose money and then they're struggling and then they're just trying to skim off the top. They're not trying to build anything. It really, it's kind of pissed me off, honestly. It's why we're expanding is you talk to some of these other markets and you're like, they say they're part of the community, and all they do is leech off it. They don't build anything. Yeah, it's disappointing. What I want to ask you guys, what is advice, a piece of advice you have for new trucks? Other than don't do it, <laughs> which I think... <laughs> it, take it, the words right out of my mouth. Every single one of the truck owners or restaurant owners that we've talked to in, in our six years have all said... Don't do it. And not because they don't want competition. They're all happy to have other people in the space, but they all know how crazy it is to jump into stuff like that. Most restaurant chefs I talk to want to jump into a food truck instead. That's the green on the other side of the fence. And then most food trucks would rather do a restaurant and (laughs) just switch places for a day. And then, you know, like both, both jobs. You can't win. Yeah. So other than don't do it, what, what, what is advice, a, a piece of advice that each of you would give new trucks? Usually we tell them to start at farmer's markets and test out the concept there. It's way, way cheaper cost of entry. You can do it on the weekends for a summer. And if you decide you don't want to do it, then maybe it's a couple grand. You mean you're... without like a truck, right? Setting like Oh, a tent yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just set up a tent at a farmer's market, low scale. Yeah, don't, don't invest the twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 in a truck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Minimum viable product. And twenty. that's on the low side for yeah. a good truck these days. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if you go straight to a food truck, you're kind of locked in that you have to make money there or find some kind of exit strategy. Um, so yeah, farmer's markets are the way to prove yourself for sure. And mine actually push back. I would say do do it, but do it right, right? Like there's a, there's a, the people that make the mistakes, they don't treat it like a business. They treat it like it's just, just about the food. And if you're not interested in a business, then don't do it. You got to have food and business or find a partner. Cause, um, I'll give salty pineapple as an example that stood out to me. I mean, obviously this was years ago, but, um, but they went out and they talked to the best trucks. They asked them for their advice. What should I do beforehand? How should I do it? They built a business plan and, and had a strategy and they launched and we noticed them super fast. They rose in our, our, we have a ranking algorithm that we track truck performance and they really just climbed really quickly because they did their homework. They did things right. They were serious about it. Um, and sometimes we find people that are, get the food truck and then they're like, who's food truck league? What do you guys do? And it's like, you should answer these questions before you spend your money, right? So that would be my advice is do your research first. But I mean, it's incredibly rewarding for some trucks. Some trucks want flexibility and not maximize income. Marquesas, they take off a couple months each year and go live in another country and their kids get that experience. You can control your schedule in a way a restaurant you can't. You can just not book yourself for a while. So I actually would encourage people to open food trucks if you do it the painful way. Pay the price up front. Make it hard up front, not after you've been And don't do it as a hobby. 
Yeah. yeah. And one, one other piece of advice is go work on a truck. All the trucks right now, the labor shortage in Utah is real. Go work on a truck for six months. If you really plan on a five-year project, 10-year vision, going and working for six months Make on a truck. Make sure it's not too hot and you don't just have a heat stroke well, every time you Well, better to find out then, right? 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 I'd rather find one. out after a week right. than after I buy a truck. And you buy one and then you're like, well, crap. <laughs> oh, man, these don't have air conditioning. <laughs> and if you work it's on a truck, you'll learn. in the heat. Yeah. And so that's what I would tell everyone is if you think you want to... Go work on a truck, spend a couple months there, you'll get to know the owner. And then also those guys, they hook each other up. So you start your truck up, it's a community, they know mm-hmm. each other. And if you're quality and you're a good employee, what are they going to do when they're already booked and they have a good job come through? They're going to send people to you. Right. Shrimp Shack, the guy that started that, started on On the Hook. He oh. was an employee for oh, On yeah, the Hook and then he started his own truck. There are a couple of trucks. Deep Sea Bites is another one that came out from He's On the nice. Hook. He's nice. He parks at the Auto Zone by my apartment. Yeah. <laughs> Kitchen 88, actually. If you guys haven't tried them, they're yeah, great. Is that, is that Maybe who, that's the one. That's that who we had. Sold. Kitchen 88. Like oh, Brandon. Very first yeah. open. He's fantastic. We don't work with him a lot because he does more targeted stuff, but quality <laughs> owner, quality food. Yeah. And he started with Fiore. So Fiore was where he started. He's the one. He's the one that we had on. His yeah. food is so good. It's so good. Within he started a restaurant, year. I think, just recently. He's a couple not years the ago. truck at yeah. all, yeah. as far as I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, well, when we talked to him, that was the goal. When we talked to him early on. Yeah, he's great. So, yeah, that's what it was. That's what we can remember earlier. <laughs> <laughs> he came back around. So, uh, so uh, we have one more question for you guys, and then we'll let you plug everything and, and uh, get out of here. But um, what is the most interesting or unique thing that you guys have discovered about Utah in your time here? Oh, Elliot's conveniently taking a drink to make me I go first. I timed it so well. <laughs> well, Elliot's listened to coming. a bunch of episodes, so he knew. He's done recent listening. <laughs> so the the most interesting thing about Utah, say the question again. The most interesting or unique thing that you've discovered about or Utah. Or your favorite thing about Utah. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the thing that I think I gravitate towards is always, like, people. I, I especially like what Utah's become with that like we kind of touched on that earlier right like it's in my blood i'm an entrepreneur like i'm I'm always looking for things and what that an entrepreneur actually is is a problem solver and i think people are attracted to utah even whether someone's lds or a different faith or whatever it just doesn't matter because it's this this sense of community so i have a lot of friends that have moved here from out of state and i always am curious like why utah (laughs) like why'd you come here right and sometimes it's outdoor recreation and everyone knows but it's surprising how often it is that it feels like a place that's home. And I think a lot of the world has lost their place, right? We climb into boxes to drive to new boxes and we park our box in another box so that it doesn't have to be outside so we don't have to see a neighbor anymore. Like everything is so contained now and Utah has that culture of community and connection and helping people. everyone's so squished together in the same little strip. <laughs> that is, you uh... even get to drive together to work every day. <laughs> And so, like, I look at that and I say, like, and actually it fits with our culture. That's what Food Truck League is about. Get out of your McDonald's fast food line. Come out to a park. Connect with people. I mean, we have, what was that? We had one city that they did a talent show and we had, like, a 20-person ukulele band come out. That's amazing. (laughs) There's just, like, these weird, talented people out there that are crazy, eccentric, and weird, and super impressive. And people don't even know it. They don't go out. Pride Festival. All of our Pride people are so good. So that's my answer. Heck yeah. 
I just want to take a st- I'll let you answer in just a second, Elliot. Episode 10 is when we had Kitchen 88 on. And you guys are 317. Uh, was, oh, that's awesome. Brandon, Brandon Clark. I think he was, I don't know how long he'd been open, but episode Not very 10. Long. Yeah, and he's he's killed it. I, so I, before I turn the time over to Elliot, I have a question. Who's the most repeated guest you guys have? Let's come on. Oh, I turned you off. Sorry. No. You were yelling at the dog. Um, <laughs> there, you better. Sim Gill. What? Who? The Salt Sol- Lake District Attorney, Sim Gill. We've had him on twice and three. then he three came- times. And then he no. came on a third time to interview us. Thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> we just wanted to make sure we got. Well, and then Chris two point He's been on three times. Chris Tate. Yeah, yeah, but he was ho- he helped. He's kind host of a once. co-host. He co-hosted like when my grandmother died. He was so that's, this Chris. So I have a new life goal. Then I need to come on four times. <laughs> okay. I gotta I gotta find something interesting to say. <laughs> so so bring a that. different food truck. I mean, there's today. plenty. There's plenty of interesting stuff. If Talk you guys a food truck into feeding. If you guys want to hear about. Heck yeah. I, I came from we an event an at Galvin, and they had, it was Salt City Barbecue was mm-hmm. there, and they had just containers. And you didn't bring any? They were feeding any? 600 people. And you I didn't couldn't, bring they couldn't any? spare any meals. <laughs> I was like, man, I would be their favorite person of all time if I came in with just a big old rack of ribs. Aww. I can talk global macroeconomics. I can talk <laughs> yeah, I was gonna debt say, cycles. If you, if you, if you want to talk about crypto and NFTs, because they're a hot topic right now. Taylor could talk for days. And, <laughs> and Chris could sit and just, yeah. We can talk books. But it's not the new D- crypto D- D&D. <laughs> Although you, you, Utah's got a lot of... We're ha- Which Utah is five a, boxes of game. Utah had a uh, had a, uh, a crypto um, event that was a, a specific, like, big... I don't know what you call it. Like a conference. Convention or something. Yeah. A big crypto conference. CryptoCon. There you go. Basically. Okay. Okay, Elliot. So, so your turn now. What is my, the most interesting or unique thing? My answer is much less f- philosophical than <laughs> the mountains is my favorite part about Utah. I, so I grew up in Alabama. It's just trees. There's no, not it's even very hills. flat, it's very flat where I grew up. And, uh, when I first moved out here, I was like, I will never not appreciate those mountains any, like any day that I'm here. Cause they are so cool. And in Provo, I moved to Provo originally there. They feel way closer. And uh, my wife and I were talking about, we have some friends that do like retreats where one of the spouses will go off for five or six days. And we're talking about like, well, what did that mean for us? Like most of the stuff we enjoy doing, we want to do together. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, if I could go backpacking for like three or four days by myself, I don't have any requisite skills to do that at all. <laughs> but I would still like, that's my goal is like, can I get free enough to go and backpack for four days and just see what happens? You could take amazing. my daughter that's like you. She's, she was camping in the Teton. Like tent camping with uh, some friends. You'd be the guy they'd no, find in the spring. Yeah, but you, you, you animal people <laughs> could go together and she could help you with your, you know. Oh, yeah. Teach me survival yeah. skills. Yeah, Every spring they find somebody who thaws out and <laughs> but they lost that's me. over the winter. That's, that's me in a couple of years. We do a backpacking trip each year and we always try to bring one person that doesn't know what they're doing for our entertainment. That makes <laughs> sense. So that you feel better about yourself. So it's like that. I have to feel good somehow. <laughs> right? It's like that. It's like that. What's that movie with Steve Carroll where he's the idiot? Um. The, Every movie, the eighty something virgin. The no, virgin. so it's a it's a movie. Uh, Paul Rudd and and Steve Carroll and Paul Rudd is like this marketing exec, and they have this dinner dinner, dinner for schmucks. Dinner, dinner for, for schmucks. schmucks. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and they all bring like the dumbest people that they can yeah. find. Not ex- not all of them are to just make eccentric. Look intelligent. Some or? of them are really dumb. <laughs> but like, they have a competition for who brings like the 
craziest, dumbest person or whatever. It's we, great. Our last one, we brought this guy, and we, he forgot his pack, so we had to go back for it, and we waited oh, up no. the ridge. But we didn't go back with him, of course. We were like, just go back and stay on the trail. You'll be fine. And he came up, and he didn't know where to go, and we could see him down the mountain, and he just sat down on a bridge and just stopped moving. So one of us went, one of us went down to get him, and later he told us, he's like, I was just sitting there thinking about the last things I told my family. You guys are all just watching him from a few hundred years away. It was hilarious. What do you tell these guys to prepare for backpacking? You say, it's easy. Don't worry about it. Just come on out. Have a good. You don't even worry about what you pack. Just throw some stuff in I'm a bag. Not, I'm not ever going on a trip with you now. <laughs> well, now you know. Yeah, now I know. I'd be that guy because I don't backpack. Hopefully the next victim doesn't listen to this I do not. I do know how to hike. I do know how to survive. I grew up in Wyoming. You learn those things. We have not lost a single person so Yet. far. Yeah. <laughs> you almost did. Don't worry, Elliot. Your time's coming. <laughs> yeah. Now that I know it's hiking with schmucks, I'm like, yeah, I'll go, I'll go learn on my own. Well, how can people get a hold of you uh, if they want to book an event or find you guys or find trucks or league nights? So our best way is our website, the Food Truck League. We have a catering request form if you have an event. Um, if it's a, if you have a question, you can submit it there. We have a team. We usually are pretty good getting back to you within one business day. And so we also have information on there. So if you're looking just to consume from a truck and find them, there's a food truck finder. If it's catering, if you're a business or an event planner, we have that there too. Or Elliot's personal address if you want to <laughs> show up. I won't be there. I'll be at work. So. Your wife might not like that. <laughs> She'll be all right. She's great. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. It's been a blast. Thank you. Thank you to our guests uh, for joining us. It was actually really good to have uh, Taylor and Elliot here. Um, that was a tough interview for me to uh, try and run because um, <laughs> I know those guys. Um, I've done work with them, um, even if I didn't ask them to come on the show. It's one of those weird things like I I want to talk to people that I don't know about, even though the people I know about are really cool. And I had talked to Taylor briefly about, you know, in passing about being on the show when we were working together. I actually uh, had conversations with them about potentially doing a separate podcast with them slash for them um, that um, never came to fruition because I got busy and couldn't do much with them anymore. Um, but I love those guys. Um, we've talked a lot about the Food Truck League over the years. Oh, with yeah. various we'll people. probably continue to do so. Yeah. Uh, I was so surprised to find out your guys' DMs with them was completely empty. I was like, what? <laughs> oh, I was yeah. so shocked. You guys don't even tag them in anything on his Like nothing. We don't. Julia, we don't tag anyone on anything. I that's do. Why, that's, that's why, why I'm there. <laughs> you do our Instagram. Yeah. Because Facebook tags only work like fucking 12% of the time anyway. Yeah, no. Twitter's. No. It's been really. Facebook's Whoever's been doing Instagram, really, not much was getting like tagged. Facebook's tagged. been really, really bad. Like I'll write a post on Wednesday morning and try to tag people in the post and the tags just mm-hmm. don't fuck. Straight up don't work. There was like a month where I couldn't tag anyone. I think some people also have to approve tags. Yeah, but typically, like, if you're tagging a business, they don't. True. In, in yeah, the text I guess it of a post. Yeah, check-in at that point. Well, you're doing it on, on the text of a post, and, like, it just wouldn't let me do Weird. it for, like, a month. None of the tags worked, and so I kind of gave up. And then, They've been having some issues with yeah, Instagram, Facebook, with just a lot of bugs. They've been changing a lot of things. Yeah, well, they're fucking dying. Good and bad. They're, they're trying to figure it out, because Facebook's really I'm learning advertising. Dying. Advertising is working so much better right now. Oh, that's good. That's yeah, because I, I would pay to advertise. I probably last year I spent probably 300 bucks in advertising for my business I'm and like, this week I've spent 30 
and I've gone up like 200 followers. Yeah, I'm 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 curious. Maybe we ought to try it again for the show. Cause like, I, oh my god, like I'm getting followers like it's nothing. I did right some now. experiments a few years ago, and it just you know over the course of a few months, it wasn't. It turned out to not really be worth it. Yeah, but um, right now it's doing like I'm surprised. Yeah, but maybe maybe it's worth worth trying it out. There's some behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, that I'm running a $16 thing right now. Is all. No one no one gives a shit about in terms of the podcast. So hopefully you enjoy it though, and uh, go out to our social media at TNU Podcast and, yeah. and our website, thenewutah.com. Um, or hot dog water. We're, yeah, hot dog dash hot water, dash water, to yes. be clear, because I didn't buy hot dog water. Um, expensive. But uh, I don't, I don't know what's the future of the blog. Um, I don't know if people read it, so I'd really like to have feedback if, if you guys enjoy it. I and think read you it. should just do the same summary um, that you use for all of the posts and then just add their links and like mm. a couple photos instead of like a full like five paragraph thing, you know? Maybe this isn't something we should discuss while we're doing No, what I'd, but what I'd really like is for you folks to uh, give us, give us Let your us thoughts. Let us know if like, you guys are actually you, going there. Do you read it? Them. Do you like looking at the vlog and what we, what we take the time to write uh, or you don't give a shit and you just listen to the episode? I'm really curious if you'd send us a message, uh, a DM on any, any of the social medias you or email, email us. You can email us. Yeah, um, whatever. That would be really good feedback for, for me. Uh, so we can kind of decide, like, if that's something we should continue doing or we should do what Julia suggested. Or we should change it. We could, we I'll, could, I'll put a poll up on Instagram. I mean, I feel like a fucking grandpa that we write a blog still. We could do like, there's not a lot of those out there that are still good. We could do like lists where we add to the lists each with each podcast that we do with yeah. whatever yeah, lists. Restaurants. We should do that. That kind of thing. We should do that anyway. So we, we can talk off air about some of that yeah. stuff. Um, Julia's got a card that she thought was appropriate for the guests and threw a fit because I cut them off. <laughs> yeah, they didn't get to hear their card. The card says winning. You got that a good thing do, uh, going. They have a typo in that. That's because they're made in English. <laughs> right? Okay. Sorry. You got a good thing going. Don't ruin that shit. Okay. Uh, hopefully they listen to their episode and they'll that's, still hear That's it. somewhat appropriate for me, I think, given what's going on in my life right now. That's true. Um, yeah. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy the show. Um, really, really, send us feedback. Um, I, I want to know, I want to hear from all of you what you think uh, in terms of, of that stuff. So uh, hopefully you'll uh, like the episode enough to join us next week. That's all I really give a shit about and share it. <laughs>